0: Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider Man. The real Peter Parker.
1: You see? Clones.
0: I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him
1: angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone not me.
2: Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like
0: a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why you
1: just tell me I was a
3: clone?
0: The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming kind of apart. Welcome back to the Clones Saga Chronicles podcast. I'm the executive producer of Spidey-Dude.com's radio network and the host of this show, Clones Saga Chronicles. And I am joined this episode as we go back to the 90s by...
2: Donovan Morgan Grant. Hi, Zach. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm well. I said your name loudly because I don't think you said it just now, but uh, a minor point. I'm doing well tonight. I'm Zach Joyner, if you didn't know.
0: Uh, And of course, uh, we have two members of the panel that are on this network on other shows. We have now available on iTunes, Mayday Mondays,
4: Gerard de la Tour. It's available on iTunes and Google Play Music and on YouTube when I post the episodes. It's everywhere now. It's everywhere now. So you're spreading to, like a vicious disease. One that you want to ravage your intestines. Exactly. It's and himself. the other
0: and the other panelist we have on the on the program is the host of Spectacular Radio, Mr. Greg Machansky.
3: Hello boys. Actually, we're almost coming up on the end of the first season of Spectacular Spider-Man on the podcast. We have three recordings in the can, a few more, and we'll be and we'll be done with the first season and halfway through the podcast. It's kind of a milestone. I didn't think we would actually get this far at times. It was touch and go there for a while.
0: <laughs> hey, isn't that isn't that the, the the whole thing with the network? It's always been touch and go with all of our shows. Pretty. Speaking much. of which, there's a. There's a great episode coming up called uh, Whatever Happened to Mayday Mondays. A
4: highly op- it was a lot of fun to record.
2: She lost her ba- powers and married Lois
4: Lane. <laughs> it's basically an entire episode about what a cluster F it is to make our podcasts.
1: <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Yeah. it
4: Yeah. It it,
0: it's kind of inside baseball. Of- how how to make a podcast and how not to make a podcast.
1: I
3: should do a, I should do a satire making of spectacular radio podcast and have Greg Wiseman call and just tell us to f off.
4: No, what you should really do is is when you do your coverage of the last episode, just mute the audio and then release a blank episode.
3: <laughs> oh, we'll be talking about that in two to five years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at
4: least you're realistic about it. Yes, but. What Zach, well, Zach sold me on appearing on this podcast and told me it would take like three or four years. Oh yeah, what a, what a bunch of lies! That <laughs> was a pack of lies, wasn't it? I'm so sorry. All right, so, Zach. Um, Zach, we've been doing this podcast for seven years. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and maybe you're eight. Will I'm not going to let you forget that. I'm going to keep reminding you at every opportunity.
0: I uh, know. So, in this episode, we're going to go. If you're following along on the Clone Saga Trees, we're going to kind of hop around a little bit. But primarily, we're going to be in Ben Riley epic book number five. Yes, there's five Ben Riley epic books and one more remaining, and
2: then we'll be done. Um, You'll never hear from us again.
1: <laughs>
2: no, that's not true. Um, so Under penalty of death. <laughs>
0: This particular episode, we'll be covering ASM 413, Spectacular 235, Adjective List 70, and Spectacular 236. 235 and 236 are a two-part arc, but because of some uh, plot points in 235 that carry over into 236, we'll be covering those uh, separately, even though we'll be talking about them largely together. But anyway, let's uh, on to ASM 413. We're actually going to... And and primarily in five, but we are going to start in four because in Ben Riley Epic Book four is ASM four thirteen. So um, Donovan has the recap of that particular issue. Donovan, tell us about what? the book story.
2: Okay, so this I'll, I'll talk about this cover ever so briefly. The Amazing Spider Man issue four thirteen. Cover date July nineteen ninety six. God, the cover date is like twenty years, almost twenty years old. Sure. <laughs> so, yep. this from when we're recording. Yeah, but this part won't come, will probably come out in July. Uh, so it's exactly twenty years old. This cover yep. has Spider Man on top of a, a logo titled Toy Wars, surrounded by uh, toy versions of like Godzilla, Sentinel, a <clears throat> snaky guy with the top hat. Uh, <laughs> Uh, So it's a pretty neat cover. Um, This issue, after being presented by Stanley himself, I'm sure he read it, um, sees (laughs) the the Amazing Spider-Man in some sort of a jar, and he says, no, it can't be! And he is a mere toy in the palms of a gigantic wall-eyed-looking kid uh, in his own room. So Ben... Uh, not he doesn't even the thought that he might be tricking balls doesn't even cross his mind. He's like, oh, I must this must be one of my enemies. <laughs> uh, I gotta get out of here. Is it the Tinkerer? Is it Mysterio? I shall figure this out. So, uh, we cut to the daily grind where we see relationship problems between uh, Shirley and her, I presume, ex husband. Uh, her son's happy to see him, but he not. He also has like this scar on, on his cheek, so he's probably a gangster. Um, ben kicks... Spo- spoilers, he's a, he's a detective. Ah, oh,
3: fair enough. Three stars, <laughs> Wolverine scratched him once.
2: With a Black Panther. So, uh, Spider-Man... Uh, cut back to Spider-Man, he kicks himself out of the jar. He's uh, attacked by this, this... This Godzilla-looking toy, which can actually fire atomic breath. So, zoinks. He's thrown into a pile of toys that includes the Flash, Piggy and the Brain. Copyright. Um, he defeats the toy actual Godzilla thing, and it's set upon by another set of copyright-friendly toys, including one that looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and an alien from the movie Alien. got uh, it's... S. it's I, gotta, I gotta cut you
4: off here. You said a lawyer-friendly version, but that xenomorph looks exactly like a
2: xenomorph. I didn't say lawyer-friendly first. I don't know why I said that, because yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's pretty...
3: It, I guess it depends on which...
2: Well, they actually had the
3: a... I think Dark Horse had the license.
0: They actually had a lot they had a lawsuit filed against him by, uh, or near lawsuit filed against him for, um, uh, <laughs> against the co- the company that owns Godzilla. This They're is very you? protective.
3: Yeah. Toho. Toho, yeah.
0: And, yeah, Toho, like, threw a fit. This is in Life of Riley, um, where I'm <laughs> referencing. And, yeah, they, they, so, like, any reprints. Which I don't know why, but in this reprint it's still green. But they were supposed to make it like a different color.
1: Whoops! But they didn't. <laughs> That's
2: not even
4: green. Yeah. yeah, he's gray, right? Yeah,
3: yeah huh? he is. Huh?
0: Well, in the uh, clone in the clone trades, he is green.
3: No, I know you. Like I'm looking him. at it right. and know, in the movies, he's gray. So I don't know what the hell they're complaining about color wise. Oh, it maybe... may have
0: been that he would. It, it may have been. It may have been he was gray, and then they turned him to green.
3: No, I I remember this issue. I have the I have this issue. He was green then, too, so I don't know what the hell to whining about.
4: Well, <laughs> well, to be fair, I, I can I, see what they're whining about. It's the fact that Godzilla is clearly in this comic. <laughs> oh, they
3: didn't mind when Godzilla was there in the 70s, being chased around by dum-dum Dugan.
4: Well, they had life. I know, I know, I know. When Jay Jonah Jameson's shaking yes. his fist at him
3: outside the window, damn you, don't- That comic <laughs> series is amazing, by the way. Track it down if you can.
0: <laughs> he fights. There is the an run. issue. There's an issue of Spider-Man team up that has, um, it's a crossover with Howard the Duck, but it has like a kind of wonky sort of um, team up with Savage Dragon, but it's all like done in shadow. It's hilarious. Awesome. I'll take some pictures of the uh, for from the trades. It's like not even trying to hide. They're in Chicago, so that's why
4: <laughs> interestingly, in this time period they did that one weird gen thirteen issue that just had a whole mm-hmm. like a million cameos, but they actually licensed all of them so so Wolverine legally appears in an issue of gen thirteen
2: was it nice. at the end of its run or did it run for several more years or two?
4: no it was somewhere in the middle like it was a, it was this j Scott Campbell issue, so it was within the first couple of years yeah. Okay.
2: Um, anyway, so, uh, we cut to Daily Bugle, where Peter is being yelled at by Jameson, and he's going to be working with Phil Yurick, uh, I'm sorry, Ben Yurick, but he does meet Phil Yurick, but he has this mysterious headache. So Ben's going through the list of, uh, enemies, enemies of Spider-Man that he's met, Dr. Doom, the Terrible Tinkerer, Alistair Smythe, which I believe is continuity error, but, oh uh, never mind, because uh, I don't think that he fought Alistair Smythe, he fought Spitzer Smythe, right? Yeah. No, he fought Alistair Smythe in the 80s. Ben Riley did
4: did Oh, not. But not. No, not Ben oh, Did he Peter fight Alistair
3: Smythe during that whole cyber thing? You know, Don. That podcast he bought him a He him in oh, Okay, that's right. How, how, he bought him a cyber. Bad. Gotcha. You got Never really mind. mad at that one, Don.
2: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, I, I I worked really hard with the hammer to forget that, so you'll forgive me. <laughs> um, so. The reader is le- uh, is let into who is behind this. It's Mysterio and some random Marvel 90s villain called Armada, who has this love affair with toys. It's like, where he's like, he t- he treats him as friends. He's, he's really salty that, that Ben is like just kind of smashing them as anybody would. And Mysterio is going to saying, Patience, Armada. It's fun to watch him get beat up. And he gives uh, exposition for the reader and no one else about how this happened. And
3: um, Also worth noting, the fishbowl is back.
2: Oh, yeah, the last time we saw him was just, like, the gas head with the mask, right?
3: It was Hexus. Now he's back to being Mysterio. That's awesome. is a, it's a I,
2: decent design. I I got yeah, he looks pretty cool with, in this version, with Bagley, at least. Yeah, exactly. Bag, Bagley sells it. Um, so, Ben's getting beat up by, like, this, like, stretchy Hydro-Man-looking guy in Buzz Lightyear. Uh, as he lays weights to them, Armada starts crying. Let's
0: stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong, bro. <laughs> Do you <laughs> not remember from the 90s?
2: Come on! No, I was busy playing with my Spider-Man toys. Also, that's not Buzz Lightyear; that's Fuzz Lightyear. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't, don't sue us, please. Because this would have been the year that that Toy Story came out, right? Hey, yeah. hey, a- me, also, he. Look, bring up,
4: <laughs> God, sorry, God. We
0: also we also need to break out the Street Sharks theme song because there is a Street Shark.
4: It's Awesome. There is. It, it's worth it, it, you should mention Fuzz also looks like he he downed like a entire just boulder of cocaine before you test.
3: <laughs> Cuz look at look at his face. <laughs> I'm guessing Evil Emperor Zerg hooked him on drugs because you know it was the 90s and he was a bad guy so he would have been selling drugs. that <laughs> he, he was just a toy <laughs> made him lose his mind.
0: And, and Greg's favorite um this is Greg's favorite panel, the one that has the street shark in it because it's got a gargoyle.
3: Goliath actually, yeah. The one that has a street shark
2: in specifically, yeah. right? There's no other reason. Um, so, Spider-Man is dead. <laughs> uh, uh, go- what was his name? Goliath?
3: Goliath, yeah.
2: Yep, Goliath, Uh, Street Shark, Toy Wolverine. Yeah, Goofy is there. Yeah, with, with the battle axe. Sweet. <laughs> Toy Sentinel. So, <laughs> these characters.
4: And the lion. Yeah, This is a generic ape-man, a generic uh, lion. I, I think they a- got.
3: I think they got away with Goliath because at the time Marvel had the comic license for them and they were doing a very mediocre comic, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then he punches the toy Wolverine out. Uh, he's attacked by a Power Ranger-esque looking figure. Armando's like just just spinning feathers over all of this. And... After he punches, like, this sort of, like, uh, drone-looking thing, Armada just leaps in and attacks Ben. Ben's like, aha! So, like, Armada has, like, jet boots, so he basically flies him into a computer screen where Ben's like, I knew it was Mysterio, probably. And, um, Mysterio escapes, and despite the fact that, like, he was never there because he was a life-model decoy. Ben's like, that happens. He ties up Armada and then skips away. Uh, our last scene is Peter Parker doing the dishes, uh where he and Mary Jane are talking about how great their life is until something is seriously wrong when he drops a plate and has a headache. And it could be serious. Next issue, Delilah. And that's ASM. Delilah. 13.
0: So, um, the very last book of issue, or of, of Epic Book number 4, actually is ASM 70, which we'll cover in a few minutes. But we're going to jump to Epic Book number 5, if you're following along with the trades, uh, with... Um, Spectacular 235.
3: It's actually in uh, book four. No, no, it's 70s in book four.
0: Okay, we're going to 235? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 235. So we're going to epic book number five. 235, uh, June, June 1996. This came out the month before the I aforementioned previous issue. Uh, we start off in a dark alley as... Um, Some thugs are about to attack these two poor people, and who comes to save the day but Ben Riley, Spider-Man. And, um, (laughs) he's like, dead. He's like, you tell them, and they kill you, and then what? You're dead. Dead. Dead is dead. And why do you want to kill them? Because the gang tells you to? You have no will of your own you just puppets, as he makes them look like marionette puppets.
4: <laughs> you know what, Zach, this is a reference only Zach might get, but it, I, I was, my mind started to wander when I was reading this, and I scribbled a picture of Mark Henry in my notes and put y'all a bunch of puppets next to it. Sorry, that's a wrestling, that's a, that's a pro wrestling Right, reference. that
2: is a reference that only Zach would get.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently even he didn't get it. I, I did get it, well done, well done. Uh,
0: anyway so uh, we have a big giant flash of light that distracts Ben from his um, from his speech about um, gang violence and then we uh, and then we get to the um, big giant splash page of the issue where a big glowing man who looks suspiciously like the master programmer from the cyber war era is whisking uh, whisking Ben Riley, Spider-Man Away.
3: And here so, uh, I was thinking he looked. Like, and here I was thinking he looked like Rocky from the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: No, yeah. So uh, Salby <laughs> said John Easy and Todd Dizago do the story and art. Remember at this point, uh, Dizago was writing both adjectiveless and
4: spectacular. So no, he wasn't. He was writing sensational. Well, I was because.
2: about to say yeah because because oh. high it.
4: Yeah, it was uh, sensational.
2: Well, well, didn't you say like, this m- was a month that like uh, Jessica Carradine left? So he would be switching to...
0: Yeah, it, he would be. Uh, and and actually, at this point, I don't think... I think uh, uh, DeZago was actually writing the, the fill-in issue, which is issue 7. And then they were going to have Dan come back with a different artist. But that didn't happen, obviously. So anyway, so we uh, did have Ben punching it air because Willow the Wisp is here now. If you don't remember Willow the Wisp, he was from the Conway
1: run.
2: Uh if not the Conway one the run, the wine the ween run. I've definitely yeah, read that it, issue but it's been forever ago.
0: Yeah. So, um anyway, like he's telling him tomorrow night State University midnight. Be there.
2: <laughs> like Jonas Harrow has like is like controlling him. Yeah, he's he's being know? my
0: He's being mind controlled, which I was going to get to in a minute. But anyway, we cut to uh, Ben's apartment, which ha- has nothing in it but a phone. Because remember, back in Blood Brothers, everything was stolen. Right. So anyway, he's talking to Peter, because apparently Peter doesn't have a phone at the, you know, anybody's. No, no
2: cell phones in the 90s.
0: <laughs> well, they wore, they're just Zach Morris phones. Oh, yeah. So anyway, and certainly Ben Riley couldn't afford it, because, you know, remember, he just got all his stolen.
4: Um, except the phone that was attached to his wall because he needed that for this issue <laughs> convenience
3: Norman uh, so Osborn is very considerate that way well what if he needs to call nine one one? what if there's a fire
0: oh, that, I, that I didn't cause because the only time <laughs> I, would, I would care if I, about any type of fire with Ben Riley is if I caused it with my pumpkin bomb. <laughs> what if What if Betty tried to blow up his apartment this is true sure, what he calls. <laughs> Betty will make an appearance later on in, in the show like not on this show, but like in the show in general. So we then cut to a Rye, New York. Is that a real place, Jordan? There yeah, actually yes, uh, it is.
4: There's a city and a township called Rye. Yes, yeah, in Westchester. Yep. Named after the. Brood. What's
0: the difference between a township and a city? Uh,
3: well, the,
4: the township is like a larger kind of district kind of thing. Oh, okay. And then the city is
3: a city. <laughs> oh, so, Ryan, uh Ryan, I drive through there on my job. Plenty. There's nothing there.
0: So no. uh, Jonas Harrow is uh, overseeing the final stages of a of a project that's both. Covert and corrupt. Oh, Christ.
2: <laughs> Not again with this. Every we'll issue, have, it's just we'll, the same secret crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will have a synthetic strike force, yes. I don't know why he suddenly has German accent, but, you know. Yeah,
1: that's how I hear the voice in my head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but those things for us, we Doctor... There was you no know information what I, to be cold. <laughs>
3: no, no calm, Jonas, and uh, he's voiced by Peter McNichol doing his Janos voice from Ghostbusters 2.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Why have you came?
0: <laughs> Why have you came, yes. uh So Wisp, of course, shows up, and he's like, you don't understand, I can't stop. Apparently he's now a trainer. It is like cyberspace, so, uh, you know, whatever. So, Ben, of course, meets Wisp at, at Empire State University. And um, before Wisp dematerializes into the television, just like Seaward Trainer, um, Ben is in the offices of of the Daily Bugle, um, basically saying that I am going to stay in New York from Peter. calling him. That's,
4: that's Peter, yeah.
0: yeah. Did I say Ben? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Ben is in the office of the Daily Bugle, in Jonah's office, I might add, with his feet propped up on the on the desk, which is legit.
2: Like a boss.
0: And and uh, he's talking to Doctor uh who is his boss in ASM, or excuse me, Spider-Man: The Final Adventure. Right. So uh, if you haven't read that miniseries, well, we'll talk about that later.
2: You should listen to our episode on it. Oh wait. <laughs> There
0: will be an episode soon. Um, so as Peter hangs up the phone, he starts his arms start spasming, and um, it's like worse. has
2: been... disease. I cannot help myself. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot
0: <Yeah>. help myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love this part. Are you done with the call? Good. Then get out. Well, thanks for the use of the office, Jonah.
4: Yeah, yeah, out. All I kept hearing in my head was that music from Spider-Man 3 for the emo montage, because doesn't he do that in that, yeah, doesn't he do that in that sequence? He's sitting on Jordan's yeah. desk with his legs propped up on him,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and J.K. is just like looking at him, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny.
3: Your shots are so good.
0: I'd love to shoot you sometime.
2: Peter Parker. Peter. Parker! this brand?
4: That's not the
3: position I hired you for.
1: Black suit Spider-Man. Peter, these
3: are incredible. You got to have these, Jonah. I'll pay you the usual rate.
4: If you want the shots, I'll take the staff job. Double the money. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. All right, then we cut. Then we cut back to um, Rye, New York. Somehow Ben, I guess, hightailed it with uh, a bus, uh,
3: gliders. No, no, this yeah. isn't Rye, New York. This is the Jersey uh-huh. Palisades, which is Iron Rock. Iron Rock. And let me tell you something. I drive past the Jersey Palisades every day on the New York side. You could not hide a fortress like this. There, people would <laughs> nope. see it. You. It, this is impossible. You can't do it. This is right near the Tappan Bridge.
2: This is twenty years ago. it was more po- probable back then <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah I mean it is you know it is, the, it I mean, is Jersey this, this book is not that unrealistic is it.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah, of course they could put a high-tech fortress into the Jersey Palisades. That's <laughs> your picture-like uh, design. <laughs>
3: there, there is a huge mall there and an IMAX theater. So there's uh, America there.
4: I, uh, it's also worth mentioning, uh, New Jersey is actually highly protective of the Palisades, and they don't even allow you to do anything around it, like construction-wise. Without without a million permits, I found this out because the, the college I went to in Hoboken, or the second college I went to, they uh, they dynamited part of the the local palisades around Hoboken without permission, and they got into legal hot water. They're still in today.
3: I kind of want to make a Chris Christie joke, but I won't.
4: <laughs> Go ahead. Every time he walks by, it causes cracks in the fault lines.
3: So no, I was going to say yeah. that they obviously bribed him by sending them a large ham.
4: So so um,
0: <laughs> a spider ham came by, <laughs> okay. Anyway. So uh, Will-O-The-Wisp materializes, and he goes to the super secret base, and um, Jonas Harrow, you know, starts getting angry with his, with his cool shades. Um, Will-O-The-Wisp was like, my God. And
4: uh, <laughs> he's like, I had, I had to do it. What have I done? What have I done?
0: I sound like Doc Brown from Mac to the Future. What,
2: what, what
1: did he do?
0: Um, he gave them the information so he could... Um, Open the door. Yeah, basically give them all the ammunition to um, <clears throat> give get all the information for the Dragon Man to appear. Dun-dun-dun! Next dun, issue, dun, dun. Well, duh, it's Dragon Man, CN30.
3: Okay, Dragon Man sounds like I'm saying creation. I don't know for sure, though. When did he don't read? explain him yet. We're going to get to that, please. We'll talk about okay. that when I get to
1: the issue. <laughs>
0: All right, so we then jump back to epic book number four with ASM. Adjectiveless <laughs> Spider Man number 70 by Gerard Deltour, giving the recap. Gerard? Um,
4: we, we, Adjectiveless Spider Man number 70, which is called Above It All, written by Howard Mackey, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Al Williamson. Yes, that's a God tier theme, and uh, colored by Kevin Tinsley. This is the introduction of Don Fortunato. They're cool. introduced to Don Fortunato, who's basically an old Italian man with an eye patch. and uh, he has, like, a wolf as his pet. His pet wolf, Angel, at his side, the narration awesome. says. And uh, he's sitting in the back of, like, a, a <clears throat> legitimate business, and then the streets and the rooftops all around are filled with a bunch of criminals with, uh, of course, since this is the 90s, they all have high-tech, we- like, weapons and all sorts of, like, radar force fields, and- which are all... Supposedly invisible. Yeah, yeah, all
2: garbage men have stuff like this. Yeah, the narrative says like, like 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 as many as there are, like they're actually invisible to people down down the street,
4: right? Because otherwise, people will be pissing their pants <laughs>
1: with <this>. <laughs> 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 or, like
3: or, like <laughs> space weapons and stuff. Well, oh, it's, uh, it's uh, New York uh, City in uh, Marvel Six One Six has got to be a normal sight by now. I hope it's and not. you
0: won't you won't get the like the full details until a couple issues later of how they have all the the financing and stuff.
2: Probably Norman Osborn. I imagine. Nope it's it's
0: not it's not Norman. Okay,
4: it's the only thing in the Clone Saga that's not just hand wave with Norman Osborne. It's a true story. Um, anyway, so uh, meanwhile across miles of rooftops, as the narration says, we we have a uh, it's Ben Urich and Peter Parker who, who are on an assignment. Uh, ben th- th- points out that uh, Peter, being a desk jockey, could have sent anybody on this assignment, but he chose to go himself, which I- I'm going to assume that this might have been a mistake they covered in dialogue, and that they didn't intend for Peter to go uh, out on assignments, and they just goofed up, because cause Mackie. But anyway, so uh, he, he's out on an assignment, and uh, oh, if this was the, that old show that Josh and Don used to be on, he'd be like, oh, irony! <laughs> because because uh, Peter has to jump across a roof, and he can't do it, because he doesn't have his spider powers. And uh, Ben Urich's like, making fun of him, because he's like, I'm an old man, and I did it, and I have a cigarette in my mouth. He doesn't actually say that, but <laughs> so, uh, Peter has to steal himself, and he finally jumps and barely makes it. Ben has to like grab him before he falls down. While he's exhaling his cigarette, because he's a, just a boss, <laughs> and, uh, they, and they go down into the, uh, they're looking for. There's going to be a high level meeting going on between crime families, so uh, you know they're trying to get there so they can get a scoop and Peter to take pictures and things like that. So uh, over at the Daily Grind, uh, Ben Riley is leaving work.
3: Wait, how is he? How can he be here and then and in the palace sits at the same time? <laughs> this is why
4: covering these uh-huh. issues in this order was kind of goofy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What Lucky choice we do we have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is actually the best order to do it. Yeah. In.
1: Well, it, it, you'll
4: figure out uh, in a minute. He's walking by, and a, and a big, fat, greasy Italian man runs by. Yes, I know. Big, fat, greasy, and Italian are all redundant terms. Ha! Huh? <laughs> it's a. Uh, they don't give his name yet, but this is actually uh, the first introduction. Woke up me
3: this sick. morning, got yourself a gun.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: It's uh, it's Jimmy Six. So uh, he uh, Ben notices that his spider sense is going crazy, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, a bunch of uh, laser pistols. <laughs> it's the '90s show all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, well, except it isn't, because Jimmy Six pulls a very realistic looking shotgun out of his this coat. Is, this is true. And boom,
3: it's just a boom, boom. And it's just, If he had came about three years later when Sopranos was new, he would have been. A, been a more prominent character just because it would be leeching off of that Sopranos hype.
4: Well, to be fair, didn't they bring him back when the Sopranos? Did the yeah, did yeah, it was in the reboot, right? Yep, right before the reboot.
3: Um, I, that might have that might have still been before the Sopranos. Yeah, right? the reboot was ninety eight, I think.
4: Yeah, Sopranos started in ninety nine. Yes, he, well, he, either he didn't way, make it an appearance. yeah, he definitely appeared in the reboot, like within
2: the first also, year. So. Marvel owns the Sopranos, right? Yeah. <laughs>
4: I must, well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is They eventually did bring him back because of the Soprano stuff But that wasn't what's going on here Anyway, so uh, he's being attacked by a bunch of the uh, Fortunato guys With the laser guns and stuff And uh, he pulls back He pulls out his regular shotgun to start firing back And, uh, of course, uh, Ben is like Oh, well, you know I've got to come back as Spider-Man to take care of this. At that moment, half a world away in Hong Kong, the offices of Stacy and Chung International Investigations Limited <laughs> in Hong Kong, where they were introduced to Arthur Stacy. <laughs> Hooray! What, what the hell? This is actually his first on-camera, or on-panel appearance, right? Well, he was, yeah. well, he had off-panel off dialogue back in, like, ASM 98 or something like that. Well, but I don't think we've seen him until this Well, moment, I feel right? that, like, we saw...
2: A brother of uh, George Stacy that would have been this guy, but there was, the characterization was so radically different. he might as well have been a different guy. Um, I I know for a
4: fact that when the one time he's that when they show Gwen in London and she's talking to her quote uncle Arthur, I know we, for a fact we don't see him. He's off panel somewhere. Well,
2: yeah, because because like 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 this is supposed to be the same guy, right? Like as of this issue.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. So basically, this is like their, her English uncle. And, they, and of course,
4: just to confirm this fact, we see him looking at a picture of Spider-Man, and he has a photo of the uh, the Stacy family. Half of them were dead. <laughs> well, well uh, there are five people in the uh, <clears throat> photograph there. So actually, 60% of them are dead. Because <laughs> he says, uh, it's been quite some time since I've thought of him, George. I'm assuming he speaks in English. Editor. Yes, yes, yes. And, and what he did to you, my brother... And he he says uh, your do- your daughter Gwen dear sweet Gwen I promised Nancy that I would let it rest so it's a photo of I, I'm guessing it's George George's wife who we'd never seen before this uh, Gwen I, oh I'm sorry I, I I screwed this up it's two photos That's split it's confusing there's a photo of George and Gwen yes and then there and then there's a photo of his wife Nancy of Arthur's wife Nancy. And his two kids, who we, who we don't know yet, but we're going to be introduced later, they're Jill and Paul. Jill and Paul. That's right. You know. Yes. Uh, I, guess, I guess Nancy is also dead, right? Yes, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what we're assuming. Okay, so yeah, in these two photos, 60% of the people in them are dead. Yeah.
3: You know, at this point, I have to wonder if anyone thought that he was gone boss.
4: That's a good question. That's a good <laughs> By the way... I mean, this is his first introduction. They're basically introducing him as, I hate Spider-Man, that's pretty much it.
2: By the way, this is,
0: this, is, this is Jill and Paul's first appearance, too.
4: Yeah, well,
2: totally, yeah. technically in that and yet, photo. And I, I hope you guys get used to this, because like for the rest of the decade, it will be proliferated with this family.
4: Well, Jill and Paul don't show up until after the, the clone talk is over.
2: Yeah, which was, is, which uh, is rapidly approaching, right? Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. So Jill will show up, I think, in Spider Man or in '76, I think, or oh, yes. Peter. Pa- I guess Peter Parker, Spider Man. The no, fact 76.
2: that like like the, their last appearances are right at like the year 2000. Yes. Uh, yes. No, she appears in, in she
4: appears in like 2001 or two is like in like a joke gag in one of Jenkins's issues. Oh, was that was that the year? Okay. Well, either it was, <laughs> if they show up, Peter Parker. <laughs> there's. there's I'm getting way ahead of myself. I, mean, I think the last time she appeared was a, was a joke. And Jenkins yeah. is a sh- back when he was like going on a date with Karen Earl to like the park or whatever.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll say one thing about Jill. I'll give her this post one more day. I would rather they try to bring her back as a love interest instead of certain new characters they created. But that's a whole other discussion. Yep. Yeah.
4: I think the problem with that was they had made Jill Jill became really, really, really toxic because of what they tried to do with her during the reboot. Oh, who remembers that? (laughs) Well, I do because I'm about to describe it. (laughs) Because uh, was they were really pushing hard to make her Peter's love interest. But the ghoulish thing about it was that they were doing it while Mary Jane was still around.
0: Yeah, which
4: is... too yeah. Because they, 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 they wanted it to happen real fast, so they were doing the setup while Mary Jane was, was
3: like, around, yeah. and, like,
4: Joe was, like, clearly, like, flirting with him. Yeah,
3: <laughs> let's be honest, she's a better character than Hammer is.
4: Well, to be fair, Jill is literally just Gwen Stacy but with dark yeah. hair.
3: By the way, I, I have don't that.
4: She's, by the way... She's a yeah, bit more...
3: By the way...
1: Personally.
4: Well no, they make a point to say that she's <laughs> Gwen She's She's wearing her. a blonde headband. No, no, I mean in her first couple of appearances, Peter's like, "Wow, she looks just like Gwen, but with dark. I'm not making the that one fire cool. all over." You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, she's a so. clone. Oh god. All
0: right, continue.
4: I better get all this. Um so anyway, back in uh in Fortunato or the the crime syndicate place. There's a bunch of crime guys meeting including Hammerhead who looks awesome. awesome. Let's be honest. J.R. Jr. drew him to look like basically just like a really beefy J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love this design. It's awesome.
4: <laughs> oh no, me too. I, I actually like this because he doesn't have the ridiculous like V-shaped head that he usually does. Yeah, I gave him. Yeah, this time he looks like a dude. He just looks like a regular dude, but like with a really fl- like like a flat top. He has basically. a mustache, which for, which looks good on him. Yeah, he, he basically has a gr- like a greased back like flat top. I don't know how to describe it.
3: I got <laughs> I got eyes, Rocco. Don't it kind die. of looks
2: metallic. Well, it's supposed. Yeah, that's the that's the idea because it's supposed to be slick. It's, it's, it's like a thick wedge of hair that doesn't look like it's jutting out of his scalp.
4: Yes, it, 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 he looks more like a human in this panel than we've ever seen him before.
2: And maybe ever since I don't think I I can't recall the design. In Spider-Man. Used. He looks almost realistic, but uh, in the six maybe yeah. Yeah. Cause when when did he when does he appear beyond this? Oh well, oh, he showed up in Brand New Day.
4: Did he multiple times? Yeah. Yeah, he did.
0: yeah, he had he had a really horrible like.
4: They
2: they redid his origin and everything.
0: Yeah, they like they they gave him that exoskeleton. It was right i dropped went... like
2: three times during Brand New Day, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah he was involved with that
4: whole Mister Negative thing. Uh, uh, it was it, it, it was, was bad.
0: It was um drawn by bachalo
4: yeah so if you were t- complaining about the exaggerated v-head oh boy yeah. <laughs> you she got 10 times worse because bachalo was drawing i think it. <laughs> i
0: think kevin cushing called it ass
4: yeah he did i remember this specific memory yeah uh anyway so uh, there's an exchange at some point during this meeting of a of a suit of a briefcase which explodes i says the guy who was taking it off his hand so uh peter's getting a bunch of photos while of course as is typical of these uh gang things uh uh shootouts about to the break out. one really funny panel where a guy pulls a gun on Hammerhead, like one of his laser guns, and Hammerhead just grabs the black guy standing next to him and just pulls him in front so he gets shot. For, for legitimately no reason. I mean, he's Hammerhead. He could have just knock these guys out. Which he immediately does. He fights back, uh, you know, they have, a, like, a little laser gunfight. Hammerhead surprisingly takes a few shots and actually goes down in a pool of blood. From the lasers. Yeah, from lasers. I don't know how that... If you get shot with a laser pistol, wouldn't that just cauterize the wound and you wouldn't bleed? Well, according to
1: science. Isn't
4: that the, is that the whole reason why, for lightsabers is so that they cauterize the wound so you don't show blood in Star Wars? I thought that was the whole point. <sighs> And, Don, you did science wrong. (laughs)
0: You
2: said it wrong.
4: You said it wrong.
2: Oh, I said it wrong. You were
4: supposed to say, Science! So, Peter ingeniously decides to turn the flash on on his computer. Flash. Uh, sorry, did I say computer? I meant his camera. Jesus Christ. He brought his tablet, you see. <laughs> yeah, he, he has an iPad <laughs> in the mid-90s. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, flash. It makes a flash. Everybody turns around like, what? And they start chasing after Peter and Ben Urich, instead of just, you know, shooting the guy that's half dead in front of him. Meanwhile, on the other side of the city, they say, Jimmy Six is still having a shotgun shootout with the guy, and with the longest-range shotgun in history, because he's shooting from... Several feet down an alley, at a bunch of guys behind a bunch of boxes and stuff, and eventually he gets hit by one of these uh, laser blasts. Until and Riley shows up as Spider-Man to save him, and of course, in in typical '90s fashion, he's like, "Ah, you didn't really save me. You just delayed the inevitable." So he runs off. Ben Urich and uh, Peter jump back over the roof nonchalantly, I might add, and uh, they manage to escape down to a taxi oh, where. Uh, where a racial stereotype is drinking coffee. And uh, (laughs) he's he's, he's like, I I, I will read his dialogue. I am sorry. I am breaking for coffee. Peter's like, no, really, you want to drive away now? no, this is not his true thing. Peter's like, oh, yes, it is. And, and, you know, the laser blast shoots out the little light that's on top of the uh, taxi. So, of course, the taxi's like, oh, he <laughs> drives away immediately. Ben Riley is uh, fighting the rest of those uh, laser guys that he saved Jimmy Six from. And, of course, you know, blah, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. Uh, he uses a water tower to take them out and then f- catches up to uh, Jimmy Six again, where he's like, I, I just want to help you. And Jimmy Six is like, I don't want your help. So Ben is persistent, of course, and he continues to follow him but this time as Ben Reilly instead of as Spider-Man, and surprisingly, Jimmy Six like, alright, whatever, I'll take your help. And of course, uh, because it's in the 90s, he makes a gay joke. He goes, uh, well, yeah, but this doesn't mean we're going to be picking out curtains or nothing, kid. I wonder why I think we're
1: robosexuals.
3: <laughs> <laughs> how
4: else do you know how to exchange long-chain
3: energy? Money? Hey, John DiMaggio, <laughs> Bender was earlier in the issue, Hammerhead.
4: Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, back at uh, Forest Hills, Queens, Peter shows up, canoodle with uh, Mary Jane, and uh, he starts having another one of his spasms again. He grabs his hand, he, he collapses to <laughs> around holding his hand like ah! and uh, this time though it's much worse than all the previous ones his eyes roll into the back of his head and he passes out so Mary Jane is like oh my god and she calls the ambulance and holy smokes she gives their address
2: 309 Austin Avenue Forest Hills Queens I, I'm I'd, very curious if that's, that's been referenced before
4: we isn't?
3: have to go there <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: now hold on a second now I didn't look this up a second ago I'm gonna look this up and see if this is a real address because sometimes they they'll give real places. Well,
1: if in, we're going by
2: continuity, that, that was blown up by Multiman too, right? Is this is Aunt May's <laughs> house. Uh, yes. Strangely enough, there isn't an Austin Avenue, but there is a 309
4: Austin Austin Street, and it is in fact in Queens. Close enough. All right. By the way, um,
0: since we're done, it looks like
4: a restaurant though.
0: Uh, since we're done with the recap, in the in Epic Book Number Five, on the page with the actual cover. For two thirty five. Says pages one through fifteen of this issue, including Peter's spasm, occur before Peter's collapse. Adjective was seventy, the final issue in Spider Man, the complete Ben Riley epic book number four. So okay, that's why so we're ben...
3: all right, so Ben Riley doesn't have multiple man powers.
0: Yes. So continuity wise, up until eight uh uh, up until page 15 of, of the first issue that we – or the second issue that we covered in this in this particular episode, that's why it's done that way. And that's kind of why we are structured – that's why it really needed to be structured the way we did it. <coughs>
2: sure yeah. it was. All right,
0: Alright, so that wraps up uh, adject- Adjective List 70. Let's go to yep. a, uh, Spectacular 2, th- two And Greg's got the recap of this one.
1: The yeah, final
3: adventure. And it's put together by this, the issues put together by the same people who did the last issue, Spectacular. So I don't need to recredit them. <clears throat> Ahem. We open with Peter being rushed to the hospital. The doctors being unsure of what's going on as his heart rate is spiking all over the place. Mary Jane waits outside and nervously recaps the events of the last few months, convincing herself that Peter will be okay. But okay, but fearing that he'll melt like the wicked witch of the west because he's a clone. <laughs> Okay. Meanwhile, Spider-Man stands over '90s trading card character Will o the Wisp as they are attacked by overpriced Marvel Legends action figure Dragon Man. Seriously, (laughs) that's all I know about Dragon Man—that he goes for half a thousand dollars on eBay.
2: Oh, I don't want that to be true.
3: No, no, it is (laughs) true. It is true. Go on eBay. Look up Marvel Legends Dragon Man. Look this.
2: Wasn't
4: wasn't he? I will destroy.
3: I I will.
4: By the way, I'll give everybody the scoop on Dragon Man a little later.
3: Yeah, with prices like that, one would hope he is awesome. Is he awesome? Who is Dragon Man? Meanwhile, Roxon's Rye headquarters Our story's villain and pointless hobgoblin suspect number six, Dr. Jonas Harrow, angrily monologues that with Dragon Man under his control, he doesn't need Will of the Wisp. Somebody's obviously happy with their overpriced eBay purchase. (laughs) Todd (laughs) DeZagro. Yeah, t- Spider-Man knocks Dragon-Man over, and Harrow quietly wakes out as his stereotypical employees stand around menacingly. But yeah, I mean, Jonas Harrow really was a pointless Hobgoblin suspect. He has this one two, or two-page cameo, and Hobgoblin lives issue one, and then in, on the splash page at the beginning of issue three, he's saying, Maybe I'm Jonas Harrow. You're not even in this story! Really? Yeah. Why (laughs) was a hobgoblin suspect? Well, he was a hobgoblin suspect like like years ago, right? Was he? I don't remember. Not during Stern's initial run. I don't remember him being brought up.
2: Well, they referenced that in Hobgoblin Lives. Like, am I Jonas Harrow? Am I J. Jonah Jameson?
3: Am I Donald Mencken? Maybe not. It would be so easy, e- so e- simple if I was Menken, what wouldn't it? Yeah. Meanwhile, we have an interlude with, with this podcast, 50,000th Mystery Man. Will, mm-hmm. com- yeah, Will of the Wisp comes to and thanks Spider-Ben for freeing him from Harrow. They agree that it's time to pay him back. But back at the hospital, the doctor informs MJ that he's still baffled about Peter's deteriorating condition. One wonders why he doesn't pull her aside and ask her if he's a mutant or an inhuman or something, like they'd ask the patient if he's a drug addict.
2: Hmm. Because the writer didn't think about that.
3: Yeah, Spider-Man hides on Dragon Man's back as they return to Roxon, where a bald bad guy and terrible Heisenberg cosplayer, Dr. Jonas Harrow, versus Dragon <laughs> Man is his holy grail. Which, by the way, Of
0: course you made it for a
3: bad reference.
0: He thought I
3: like,
2: oh, You son of a bitch.
3: Yeah, he refers to Dragon Man as his Holy Grail, which is funny. It was on some of these Marvel Legends collector troops. I've seen people call Dragon Man their Holy Grail. Yeah, I'm tying it back to action figures because of the ASM issue we did earlier. <laughs> yeah. You don't need an excuse. Yeah. I'm sure that Spider-Man will... I'm, yeah, he freaks out when Spider Ben surprises him. Oh come on, Jonas, you already have a dragon man. I'm sure that the Spider Ben Marvel Legend will go up in the secondary market too. He already comes in an alternate spider carnage head and hands. He's awesome. Zach, you have one. <laughs> I do have
0: one. It's a true statement. I almost bought a second one just because I so I could have a separate Carnage I
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, what follows next is a confusing scene where it appears that Wisp is going to rip out Harrow's heart. But this would mean more to me if I had the slightest thi- if I knew the slightest thing about this character. He doesn't. Wisp thanks Spider-Man for his help and Dragon-Man flies away to the next collector with too much money to, sp- to spend.
4: <laughs> the best part is that, for some reason, Dragon-Man is also horrified that he's about to rip his heart out. <laughs> <laughs> Despite being, despite being a mindless monster I'm not supposed to know any better
3: Okay, did you look this up on eBay like I said?
4: No, because then I'll start crying <laughs> Why would you start crying? Because I don't have money for anything <laughs> I'd be like, oh, look at all these nice things I can't afford Oh, damn it oh, yeah. But
3: really, it goes for 500 bucks on eBay 600 bucks sometimes It's weird, who is Dragon Man? Why is he so awesome? Alright, you want you want me to explain this right now? Please Okay
4: uh, this actually ties together a whole bunch of things from this issue that they'd never bother to explain, so allow me to do so. Uh, Good. Dragon Man, first of all, Zach guessed correctly, he is a Lee Kirby character. Specifically, he was introduced in Fantastic Four number 35. And the reason that's important is because that's the issue where Reed goes back and visits his alma mater, State University. Ah. That, that's why the, the ties into this whole thing in this issue. And just just to tie it even further. He was created by a scientist named Professor Gilbert whose office Willow the Wisp had broken into in uh 235. Ah, Again, they don't even mention this. It's only shown on the door if you're paying attention. And then uh what happened was he was he was a uh, like an android prototype that uh Professor Gilbert had made. And uh he couldn't get it to come to life. So Diablo, that dastardly bastard, showed up and uh he Use his alchemy to to turn light the spark of life inside of Dragon Man. So, Dragon Man woke up and started doing a rampage on campus, or as the issue calls it, a calamity on the campus. (laughs) That's the name name of the story. So, Dragon Man is is defeated when, uh, you know what his weakness is? Far. He likes ladies. So he, see, so he so he no I'm serious he sees Sue cuz the whole Fantastic 4 are there and she has her hair down he's like and he starts rubbing her hair oh my <laughs> So so he suddenly sees on the side of the Fantastic 4 all of a sudden and uh he and he a T jumps Diablo I think at the end of the story and they fall like into like an ice flow because Diablo's powers that he's like a weird alchemist potion guy. So at one point he freezes a lake and he and Dragon Man both fall in and get sucked into like a whirlpool or something. It's, it's this is typical. They they fell into something and disappeared, so they could be dead, but they're not.
2: It's thirsted man.
4: <laughs> this issue is really is really it's oddly important and fantastic for history if you know anything about them because this is the same issue where right after they defeat Dragon Man, uh, Reed takes Sue down the lovers lane in a pal in the and astronomarium so that's the whole beginning of the their engagement and then the whole is wedding his first and,
2: appearance since then
4: oh god no no over the years he keeps getting basically his, the dragon man's gimmick is some super villain will be like i need indestructible muscle i'll get dragon man and then the same exact version of the plot ensues where <laughs> dragon man rampages he usually sees a chick <laughs> and he's like, ooh, and then gets all confused, and, you know, they trick him and defeat him and such, et cetera. Yeah, so the whole time this issue is happening, I'm thinking, like, Ben, all you have to do is get Mary Jane, <laughs> and he'll be like, oh, and then, you know, just, like, get him on your side
3: to fight somebody else. I'm suddenly thinking that if Tolkien had any woman in his universe, he could have, the dwarves could have easily defeated Smaug with just bringing a chick with them.
4: <laughs> by the way I'm not even joking I think the next appearance he makes in Fantastic Four is when they're fighting the the frightful four I think the same exact the thing happens no I think the same exact thing happens where Medusa gets him to like uh, listen to her commands because you know she's a chick so he's
2: like oh, oh, oh I remember when when George tried to defend Fantastic Four for me, like like virulently sexist like oh people are just making that up that never happened and like there are a thousand <laughs> examples from Reed Richards alone about why it was
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually skimming through uh, FM F thirty five just for this issue, just to give that little recap I just did, and st- strangely enough, this issue is just jam packed with stuff because that same visit that Reed shows up, Peter Parker is there. He's visiting uh, State University because he thinks about going there.
2: Well, that's kind of cool because like, they they, don't, they so don't mention any of that in this issue. It feels exactly they should have. Well, I like the fact that like I didn't know that because like it, I don't know, it adds more without the. I mean, I appreciate, you know, you should check out this issue to know what's going on, but like at the same time, it makes it feel more of a real world when like they don't mention stuff like that. So I I kinda thought that was neat. And uh if you're if you're a big fan of
4: like the early issues of Spider Man where you know, where the torch would occasionally show up and clash heads over Dory Evans and stuff. Um, torch actually torch actually sees him when they're at state university and they start arguing with each other he's like oh what are you doing here parker parker's like well i was scouting the school because i thought about going here but if you're gonna be here i'm not gonna bother yeah et cetera. fun stuff oh and uh professor xavier is also there looking for mutants but there aren't any <laughs> oh i need more
2: child soldiers
4: <laughs> no little legit. like Cyclops is pushing him in a wheelchair and Cyclops is like too bad this trip is a waste Because there are no mutants here And I'm like really an entire university <laughs> Professor West my State? legs are tired <laughs> Keep going boy
1: <laughs> You should be no so lucky
4: <laughs> I've mentioned this issue before cause This is the beginning of what I think is the best run of comics ever it's from, like, Right from this po- From FF35 to like 60 I
2: thought you were talking about Spider-Man <laughs>
4: Oh God, no! Because in that same stretch of FF, you have like the Inhuman Saga, Galactus. Uh, you have uh, Doctor Doom stealing sur- Surfer's powers. The wedding. All that, all that stuff happens in like that same like two-year stretch.
0: So, so Gerard, <laughs> you're gonna go first in giving us funds.
4: Uh... So this ASM issue, I, I wrote down all of the toys that they encounter. You ready? Oh wow! Okay. Um, uh, just just the non-generic ones, because obviously they have some generic dinosaurs and alligators and stuff. Uh, okay, you got Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. Absolutely, Godzilla, yeah. mm-hmm. Pinky and the Brain.
3: Is he, right? What I'm pondering. Well, <laughs> although Pinky,
4: night. although I noticed P- Pinky is yellow for some reason.
3: Yeah,
4: um, I don't know why that is. Well, they don't want to make
2: it obvious, did they?
4: <laughs> <laughs> the brain looks exactly like the brain. <laughs> So weird. Uh, the Flash, although you don't see his face. But see like his insignia and everything else. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, c- it's clearly him. Uh, of course, Wolverine. Uh, D- D- Don missed this one because he said it was a, j- a generic-looking centurion. It was actually the Juggernaut. Oh,
2: did I say that? Uh, yeah, it is Juggernaut. Yeah,
4: but you, uh, you have Leonardo, although he's drawn uh, differently enough to justify it. I don't know why, of all the characters, he's the one that got changed the most to, for legal reasons. <laughs> Because anyway, he's in Shadow half the time, I do not even see him.
2: Uh, of course, he have a Xenomorph. Maybe, right? maybe, maybe, maybe the Turtles have the biggest license that was most expensive at the time, I'm presuming? Oh, come on, they didn't pay for any of these. <laughs>
1: this is true. Uh,
4: of course, he have a Xenomorph, which looks exactly like a Xenomorph. That's the one that they probably should have gotten sued for. Uh, Stretch Armstrong... Who's the guy who Don thought was Hydro-Man for some reason? I did not have such
2: arms when him as a kid. <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, oh, wow. Okay.
4: One of the street sharks. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Uh, Goofy, uh, Goliath. Mm-hmm.
3: One thousand years ago, superstition in the sword ruled. It was a time of darkness.
1: It was a world of fear. It was the age of gargoyles.
4: Who had a mace, which I don't ever recall him using.
3: No. Does he ever use weapons at all? Gosh, I don't, think. About that. I don't No, he never did.
4: And did. It's He's actually. a <laughs> Cyborg Goliath. I remember that. <laughs> you gotta make them toys. Look, Have them they ride had the had a motorcycle. A lot of really weird toys. <laughs> yeah. Blow up the motorcycle. All right. uh, Goofy, an axe wielding murderous Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm assuming that that was from a cartoon. And I just don't know which
2: one. You know, a la like It looks it's from a video game. Like that's not Kingdom Hearts. From a cartridge video game.
4: You know what? There was a there was a medieval uh, Mickey game around this like, in like '94, maybe. Oh my God! You know what? There was a medieval Mickey game in '94 where Goofy was like the armorer. So yeah, that makes a lot of uh, sense. I actually.
3: remember that. You know who the villain was in that game? Oh, I forgot. Kingdom Hearts, Hearts the Ducktales movie. Yes,
4: yes, you're right. Shere Khan. <laughs> no, no not, sure. not, not <laughs> That's a f***ing shadowy yeah, guy.
3: No, Murlock from the DuckTales movie. It's voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Yes.
4: Yes. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> further down the list here. Um, I'm shocked Don missed this one. The Batwing attacks him.
3: Uh, Where?
4: It's on that splash page where he's being attacked by G- Goliath and all them. of them. There's a TIE fighter check at the, one
3: point also.
4: Check the upper right-hand corner. It's Batman's friggin' uh, jet. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. dude. That's a good shout out. Wait, wait. Wait, wait.
4: It's right underneath one of Goliath's wings, oh, there. Right underneath
2: Goliath's Oh, yeah! It's, it's, it's like Batman Forever! Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, I totally missed that. It's not in scale, but that, that is the scale. That, if is in the cockpit, i like, give him a thumbs up.
4: and and for some reason Gordon can see him (laughs) Nice that that, that bugged me in the theater dude, I'm like how does he see him he shakes his guy's hand (laughs) not only is he going by at like 200 miles an hour but he's in the sky at night
2: that was like going to the
4: 60s show where they did the the same thing Gordon's got some great eyesight Um, anyway, uh, of course you have a sentinel Yes. Which which is oddly appreciated, because isn't the uh, onslaught crossover like two issues from here? Yes. Uh, he gets attacked by I, I called him the Gray Power Ranger in my notes because there's no such thing.
2: Yeah, it, t- it took me a
4: minute, but I like, seen his chest. It looks
0: like time. it looks like it's supposed to be Billy. It's Supposed to be the Blue Ranger.
4: It's supposed to be anybody. It's just a, a, yeah. It, it's just a knockoff because you, like you can see his actual mouth. I'd say more phenomenal.
2: So.
4: <laughs> um, And of course, my personal favorite, a really, really pissed off Gumby. (laughs) (laughs) He's dead. (coughs) Like, Gumby is really pissed. (laughs) He's evil. Like, he's, like, evilly smiling. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I'm like, oh. that's the same
4: panel where he's punching off Juggernaut's head, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Pokey,
3: you're going to the glue factory. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and I gotta mention, because this made me really angry, uh, the cover has a couple of characters who don't appear in the issue, including uh, Mecha Godzilla, <laughs> who never shows up Where's at
3: any point.
4: He's inside of the S. Well, I'm like, that's not nice.
3: <laughs> so, uh, you know that you know what that is. I can't believe I know this is. I'm that not even a Power Rangers House. fan. It's that Brachiosaur Zord thing that the Power Rangers summon. It's in the, the
2: chair season. that like the Ultra Zord would like sit <laughs>
3: in. <this. laughs> yes, that's oh, what is. it is.
2: It's oh, real
0: okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that is straight Power Rangers, and I'm going to Google it now and find out what. Okay,
4: uh, it is. the bot- the bottom has a uh, a guy in a cape who I thought was Batman without the ears. He almost
2: looks the Prowler. Maybe. Almost. The Uh
1: Prowler.
4: For some reason on the cover, Gumby has boxing gloves and, like, uh, spring arms. (laughs) (laughs) But that is Gumby on the cover. Gumby is
3: hardcore.
4: Um, You have some kind of ninja. Oh my god, Luke Skywalker is on the cover. What? He's standing on
2: top of the S. Yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Either that or it's like a mage character. And, uh, oh, no, he's holding a lightsaber.
4: That's supposed to be Luke. He's wearing the outfit from uh, New Hope and everything. Uh, and then, finally, my my biggest disappointment of all, uh, the a b guy doesn't appear in the issue.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, okay, my own. I only have three notes on this story besides that list. Uh, one is just Bagley with an exclamation point, because I love his art yeah. in this. Sadly, this is one of his last issues. I think he only has two left or something like that. I don't know. um I put Spider-Man versus toys, stupid, but fun. Mm-hmm. That basically describes the entire issue. It's just him fighting a bunch of toys. Nothing interesting happens. It's really stupid, but I, I just love the entire thing from end to end, because it's just so ridiculous. Seeing Spider-Man, like, punching Godzilla and stuff. And, uh, just one little note that I got, or, well, it's not a little note, it's kind of a big deal. Um, the narration introduces the idea, I think maybe for the first time, that Peter might not be the clone. Did you guys catch that?
2: Yes. Um, but yeah, he's like he's like trying to get its bearings he's like Peter's a clone or is he I don't know yeah I'll, I'll read those panels he says my name is Peter Parker
4: though I've been using the name ben Riley for the past five years my clone or at least the guy I think is my clone has been living my life and using my name it's like wait what now we're introducing that he might not be the cl- that's a weird I don't know why he was doing that that narration to begin with in for like page two but I don't know. I found it fascinating that they're starting to slip the seeds in there of doubt.
3: Because we, have, we how many, have how
4: many months? By the way,
0: um, the Ultra Zord, the regular Megazord, with the Green Ranger's accessories from the uh, Dragon Zord. Then it also had. I'm trying to figure out the specific name. Original Ultra which was from it was season one of Mighty Morph Power Rangers. By the way, um, this,
4: this is all a foreign language to me. Not had, a Power
2: Rangers fan. It had Ti- uh, it had
4: That because
2: I, I had Tyrannosaurus. Oh 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 Sword? Was, was that? Yeah. It? No, the the hang on. <laughs> I thought I remember. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a grotesquely over the top action figure that like it, it's no it's no fair to use that in a fight. But that's how they always slaughter their enemies
0: begging <laughs> for mercy alright so there's there's the Wikipedia.
4: <laughs> oh yeah I did I did miss one you're, you're right Todd who just linked it in here one one of the uh, Zach is right by the way this Titanus is the toy that was on the cover there yep. Um, I forgot to mention on the shelf he never fights it but there is like a version of like the, the regular Megazord in there uh, but, it, but it looks really
2: inaccurate so
4: oh yeah yeah right next to Wolverine and
2: Juggernaut yeah Yep, by far those are the most expensive issues it made Spider-Man ever made.
4: <laughs> I, I joked about this earlier, but there is legitimately an issue of, of Gen 13 with a very similar premise, where they're just fighting a bunch of crossover heroes, except that for for God knows why, Image actually went and licensed all of those characters.
3: Gen 13 so they. Li-
4: is- no <laughs> not really it's very dated but in that issue they legitimately fight like wolverine and the the ninja turtles and savage dragon and all that stuff by the
0: way on the opening splash page with the with the kid you'll love these movies batman forever aladdin and jurassic park
2: wait where
0: right next to the vcr
4: oh i you can't see those in the original published issue because the uh the oh. credits co- yeah the Kravitz, well, um, the
0: the box like the the like the USPS box or whatever it's called.
2: Okay, I do see like a thing that says Sega. That's yeah, kind of yeah, Sega. yeah.
4: I guess there must be some Sega CD, Sega. Sega. Some Sega CD games. That was some games that come in a box that shape. But anyway, <clears throat> that's all I gotta say about this issue. To be honest, like it's just it was ridiculously fun. It was as a horrible story, and I was. Like, or, under ordinary circumstances this would be getting like a D or something like that but it was, just, it was so ridiculously fun it actually cranked all the way up to a B I thoroughly enjoyed this
1: yeah
0: alright so you gave it a B Don or actually
4: yeah Don you're next give us your thoughts
2: yeah, I'll, I'll give it a B too like it's it's a I feel like it's a, it's a surprisingly one dimensional story for this title in this era because usually the plots have been a bit, slightly more involved it's a done in one issue you know it has him going against if it's fight Mysterio, but for such a silly premise, like, I think Ben's characterization is like, it's such where like, Ben doesn't take it that, that seriously. And like, he's really smart ass. Like once he's like, Oh, there you are Mysterio. Like, like that's kind of cool. And there's a similar issue in the Stanley run where Stanley was clearly running out of gas Where a two-parter where Peter fights Mysterio. And he's kind of going through the motions. I think this kind of has a similar approach where it's just a basic superhero comic book, but it's, it's charming for what it is the, the art, does most of the work and sells it very well just just you know we're never going to say anything bad about Backley, but honestly like like like, it's it's a it's an amusing distraction so it can never get an A but for what it is it's certainly not a bad comic so yeah I, I, would, I would agree with the B like, like the art and the sensibilities of the writing uh, you know kind of make this worth reading Greg your thoughts
3: yeah, I'm giving it a B. Also, yeah, it's a very simple story. It's a silly story, but it's a it's a simple silly story amid all these really quote unquote over the top attempted epic stories where things are happening, worlds are are colliding, revelations, mystery men. I mean, sometimes a little silliness is a nice distraction.
4: That's actually a good. That's a good point. I didn't think of.
3: That. Yeah, the um, the art is beautiful. Um, I can't really complain. I, I enjoy it. As far as single-story issues go, especially in this era, it's one of the better ones. I'd give it a B. After, after the last episode, I just need okay. going to hate on this.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to give this uh, a plus. A I'm going to give it a little bit higher grade. I love this issue. And I, it's one of those things that, like, like, like it's, it, it takes me back, especially when I read it now, 20 years later. Like, I had, you know that airplane, that jet that was attacking Ben right before Stretch Armstrong...
3: Was that the one that opened? Uses the you had an eyeball in it. Yes, I had that. Too, I had I, that I don't, plan. I don't remember what it was. I just looked. at am like, I had this. What was it?
4: It must. It had to have been one of the Ghostbusters toys. No, right? no, I don't think be.
3: so. But maybe it was.
1: Because they they always my, had those like a,
4: crazy like vehicles that turn into monster ghost things. That was the it gimmick something during along that time
1: those,
4: l- I, I know it was something along those
0: lines, but I don't think it was specifically Ghostbusters. But I well, I don't remember that, having
1: my, that toy.
4: By, by the mid-90s, I'm saying it would have been one of the knockoff ones. Right.
0: The uh, the Stretch Armstrong obviously takes me back. And every time I think of Stretch Armstrong, I always thought about, like, the green goo that would come out when he, it would break. Because, you know, he would stretch out. For oh, so yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I had that, <laughs> yeah, like it not would... Stretch Armstrong. I think I had Donatello that did that.
4: They had they had so many knockoffs after Stretch Armstrong. It was was
2: there, wasn't there a Stretch
4: Armstrong cartoon in this time period? Yes,
2: yes there was. Because he demanded for you to know his adventures.
3: Armstrong, now stretching fun farther than ever before. He bends, he stretches, even ties and knots, but always returns to his original shape. How'd he do that? He's been doing that since he was a kid. Ooh. Stretch Armstrong
4: from Cap Toy. Who else? Well, Stretch <laughs> Armstrong as a toy goes back to like the 60s and 70s, right? Right, that's right. Right. But but they had that weird 90s revival of it with the cartoons and stuff.
0: Yeah, and then you have then you have freaking Street Sharks, and then you have Wolverine, Sir, Jim Lee Wolverine, aka ninety show Wolverine with the ninety show Sentinel, and Goliath. I mean, that's just freaking legit. The just the toys just take me back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the uh, I never noticed the Gumby until Gerard pointed it out, and that's hysterical.
3: I would like, love the, just yeah. I would love to see the script for this issue just to see what was specified to be there and what Bagley just threw in.
0: Oh, that's a good now, one. We should email Tom, we should email Tom to Falcon and be like, hey, so,
4: this script from years ago. <laughs> yeah, because with knowing him with his infamously poor memory, he'd be like, ah, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> We'd have to keep like really a lot of specifics, but yeah, really enjoyed this issue. Great artwork. Um, hate to break it to you guys, but we only have one more
4: Bagley-drawn issue.
2: Don't tell me that! We have two more.
4: more. Yeah, because he does the Onslaught one. That's not next issue, is it? Next issue is Delilah. Next issue is Delilah, and
0: then Onslaught. So we only have two more months of Bagley. We're
2: in the Sadness Saga.
4: And then who takes over? Garney?
0: Uh, Garney takes over two issues, and then Steve Skoros takes over the
2: What was the first issue that Bagley started? Three-something-something?
0: 351.
2: 351. So he's had a solid six years? Mm-hmm. No, not six years. Yeah, it was five uh, months back around that time, so it was... But he...
4: uh, three, 351 must have been, like, 91. Yeah, 351. So yeah, it is,
2: like, six years. Okay,
4: mm-hmm. uh, Why does it feel, like, so much longer than that? I don't know. Well, he did something... Was, was the
2: artwork longer?
3: I cannot uh, believe I just did this, but I, <laughs> but I just identified that jet with the eyeball inside it.
1: <gasps> what was
3: it? It was some toy line from the 90s called Attack Pack Vehicle yes! stuff. Yes, I remember wait, wait, the attack. Re- re- repeat that again. Attack
4: pack. And you said something after that. So I
3: vehicles that turned into monsters in the nineties. Okay, kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it took me a few minutes to figure this out, but
4: remember those stupid fireflies toys where th- where you'd put them in that little thing and you pull the crank and they would start s- like spin like little helicopters. No, but I
3: remember Food Fighters, a bunch of anthropomorphic fast food items that were were with each other. So doing really some.
0: Doing some quick math, Bagley did sixty-four issues of Amazing
4: Spider-Man. No, now hold on. Are we? Does that sixty-four legit issues, or are we counting fill-ins? Uh, not counting fill-ins.
0: He probably did sixty-four cover. He did sixty-five covers because I think he did all the covers for every single issue he he drew, or even even with with fill-ins. But I don't think there was that many fill-ins during his run on ASM.
4: There were a few. I mean, because remember in the early nineties they would do that thing over the summer where they would do twice a month. That's right. And you, usually right before or right after that, they give him a little break. Right. And then there was that time he took a brief sabbatical to do a Venom miniseries. Oh. Which go, that goes to show how popular Venom was in the 90s. They're like, stop doing Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> and do this Venom miniseries. Uh.
3: <laughs> which is
4: somehow more important. Was, yeah. um,
3: you know, I well, have they- to wonder... I
4: have It was the, it was Lethal Protector. Right? Yeah. yeah, It was
3: Lethal Protector. First three issues. I have to wonder if, any, if out there's a Venom Lethal Protector podcast.
4: This is the greatest <laughs> comic of all time. What oh, would that be, like, two episodes?
3: <laughs> so it's like a four-issue miniseries. Th- then they would cover all the miniseries after that and after that. And there were, oh, and then they'd have to cover the
4: Separation Anxiety game, because that was, like, an adaptation <laughs> of Lethal <laughs> Protector.
0: <laughs> all right, so we'll move on to, AS, or to Adjective List 70. Uh, we'll start with Greg this time. Greg, give us your thoughts on Adjective Seventy.
3: Well I love the art and uh Jimmy Six is a fun character and I am a sucker for gangster stuff. This is it wasn't great though, but I, I always love Ramita Jr.'s art, but um I uh, will give it a uh, C plus. It was fun. C I mean, plus. Wow. It wasn't bad. I mean Bad. What did you not like about it? Um, there wasn't anything in particular that bothered me about it. It was just kind of average to me. I mean, maybe if Jimmy Six went on to, be, to really have become a more important character that lasted more than a couple of years, I would have liked it more, but... Or same with Fortunato being a more major presence as a villain. I know he was around for a couple of years, but it, it just wasn't that memorable to me. It wasn't, that ba- it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just kind of average. So, see... Isn't a C the epitome of an average grade?
4: Yeah. That's what I use for average as a skill. Yep. Me too. See, I kind of see what you're saying, because it's weird that the spectacular thing was a two-issue story, because it, it was barely half an issue's worth of plot. Right. <laughs> yes. Whereas the Fortunato thing feels incomplete by comparison, because it probably should have been two issues, and it wasn't. I, I think the problem is that the Fortunato thing is, is sprinkled in later, so you don't really get a whole lot of him in this story, because you're going to get him. When does he come? He comes back at least one more time before Revelations, I think, and then a couple times afterwards. Yeah,
3: doesn't he get into it also with the rose and uh, black tarantula?
4: Yeah, weird. Uh, yeah, in ASM, I think, because there's this weird thing where they introduce him here, but he doesn't really get used all that much until after the Clone Saga is over. It's one of those plots that carry it across.
3: Yeah, yeah same with Delilah.
4: I'm gonna assume that the intention was to use him as a villain for Ben Riley, and then of course they decided to kill off Ben Riley. So it, it, it all these characters that are being introduced in these months, like uh, like uh, we didn't even mention her, mention him when we were talking about ASM, but like Shirley's ex-husband, the detective guy that shows where up, that come from. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, like I think all of these characters would have been. Like, like like Greg said, they just didn't become much. They would have been bigger characters if Ben hit stayed as Spider-Man. Yeah. Because they were building his rogues gallery here, and then when they killed him off, basically his his rogues gallery stuck around for a few issues just to close the loose ends, and then were never used But at this
3: point, wasn't the decision made to put Peter back and kill off Ben?
4: Well, no, because isn't this the same month that, uh, <laughs> that Jurgis decided to quit? So the decision must have just been made at that point. Yeah, they were... <sighs>
0: They were in the process of making the decision at the time.
4: Yeah, so... And knowing how things were done back then, I'm guessing since nothing is ever set in stone, they probably said, all right, just continue what you're doing, we'll figure this out, and they, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to kill him off, and
0: so... This is definitely, I would say, kind of a filler month, but it felt like... It feels like when you... Especially when you're reading it, I remember reading it, like, in, in chronological order, not reading it, like, in the trades, but... Definitely, this feels like the setup month for next month because the ex-husband shows up in the Delilah story. Jimmy Six and Hammerhead, this, that story, that story loop is closed. Really,
4: um, more it's the last. That's the last one before Revelations, I think.
0: Well, that that story is really seventy-one through seventy-four are kind of one. They're, they're seventy-three and seventy-four. They're all kind of like they're interconnected to their own. Little continuity. They kind of just—they're very linear. So,
4: well, well, again, if if seventy-five wasn't revelations, we would have gotten a lot more of these. This would have been the, the ongoing plots of these ther- series. Yeah, agree. But they just never—they—they just—they had to be ended, with, you know, old Yeller style behind the
3: shed with the bullet to the to the neck. Yeah, I'll admit, my strongest memory of Jimmy Six is him showing up at Ben Riley's uh, funeral. Well, not funeral. Yeah, his funeral and in the trade paperback version of Revelations.
2: See, yep. my, my strongest memory of him was that Shocker, uh, the P- Pace Pete issue where, like, Paul and yes. Peter are... Because that was... That was my first, uh, interaction with Jimmy Smith Or, Jimmy Smicks. Jimmy Smicks. <laughs> And, um, Jimmy,
0: Jimmy Smith was on a, a great show called NYPD blue during this period but yeah
2: <laughs> but um, I mean I, I and his son and his son was a year ahead of me in high school well, I feel I feel that oh, like really? to me this is like kind of like yeah. like circling back through time because I'm starting to catch up to like when I was really familiar with with uh, the, clone, the, the end of the era right here.
3: I feel like if Spectacular Spider Man, the animated series, continued at some point, we would have seen Jimmy Six as a random background gangster just because Wiseman loved his obscure character porn.
2: He put in yeah, Principal yeah. Davis. He'd probably been with more than that. <laughs> <laughs> True story.
4: Um, uh, okay. Oh my god, you, you just reminded me of something random from that FF issue that I just forgot to bring up. Uh oh. Because Wiseman, that made me think of Donald Menken it's good old Stanley reusing names. You know, the dean of of state university was named Dean Mencken? Nice. Not the same character, but Stan. Damn it, you 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 had like three names that you just rotated. How many criminals named Blackie showed up? And, and <laughs>
3: that's a true story. Reed and Company didn't. Reed didn't go to. ESU.
4: <laughs> that's true. He did invent
3: another college at least. Yeah, yeah. State University isn't that where Rusty Venture and the Monarch went? Done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the name. I, I'd, I'd imagine that if they did, it was probably a reference <laughs> on purpose.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. Was, yeah. It was Rusty Venture, Baron Underbite, the Monarch. It was just about everybody in school at the same time.
4: <laughs> well, I guess since we're sort of rolling along, I guess I'll just give my yeah, George. I was gonna, I was gonna have you jump in. Uh, uh, J. R. J.R. Junior. and Al Williamson are just gold. I just yeah. love them as a, our team. It's really cool. they, they, um, Williamson inked him on his on JR Jr's run in on Daredevil in the late 80s which also looks a lot like this. Like the, this is my favorite look of JR Jr's art where it didn't where it was still kind of everybody knocks him for being bulky but this is one of those things where the bulkiness helps cuz when you're drawing characters like Jimmy Six and Hammerhead and stuff they look great when drawn in this style but then he doesn't draw everyone overly like he, he gets worse about this later when he's being inked by other guys but
2: uh what's the, the what well, Cause just ruining his artwork now but like my favorite take on J.R.J.R. God oh. Him and Scott Hanna. Uh, during yeah. the- I, also, the- I also
4: think J. R. J.R. Jr. has kind of given up at this point. <laughs>
3: I, thought his J- kick-ass, I thought his kick-ass stuff looked good, but his DC stuff well, didn't. J.R. Jr., if he has a bad or it's going to destroy his art. If he has a great inker, he's going to be one of the best in the business. I mean, I've noticed that. An inker will make or break him
4: well Don, that's why that's why I specifically said I think he's given up because kick ass being his own personal project he was obviously putting the effort in but when he was doing something like Avengers with Bendis he was he wasn't even half asking it he was like quarter asking it. it
0: was it was one of the it was one of the it, and Klaus Chanson was literally just there was no tight pencils or no tight inking. It was like just him basically tracing over the pencils. And that's the one thing I will say about about Ramita is, especially nowadays, if he does not have tight inks, it just doesn't pop the
2: way it should. I love so. John Ramita Jr., but he's not a perfect artist. And mm-hmm. what I'm going to say is not giving me my feelings of this art in this issue, but every artist, no matter how great they are, the older they get, the, the more their artwork starts to fall off. It happens to everybody. Um, right. And... I know we've Ramina talked Jr. about that. We've talked about that on
0: the show with Gil Kane.
2: Yeah, although I, when, I know for a fact, Junior is like in his fifties, but like
3: I think that like
2: early sixties. Uh, yeah. Although
3: whenever Senior puts out a piece, it's still good. Although he doesn't drop very often, so I
2: mean, yeah, but it's not his peak, you know. Like uh, that's true. Like, yeah, it's a combination between like like Klaus Jansen being who Klaus Jansen is and oh. Dean White. Well, I'm sorry, I don't enjoy his colors on Romina's artwork. Where like I think that like the blooms off the rose with him, uh, generally speaking, for now. Um, I like this artwork. Uh, my personal favorite, Romita Jr. is like him during the Straczynski run, but mm-hmm. this is definitely him. I mean, he, he, to me, this is this is this is prover- progressively better than his X Men stuff and his and the Man Without Fear stuff, which is a lot more loose. Um, he still has his, his style is definitely defined here, but you can see it starting to coalesce a lot stronger in late Clone Saga stuff. Yeah. By the way,
4: I, I, uh, full disclosure. Um, I, I I tend to hammer uh, Klaus Jansen pretty hard when I talk about his inking, because I think he's a bad fit for a lot of guys. I uh, I actually met Klaus Jansen at a small con at my high school in December. Awesome dude! <laughs> Just like, uh, I have never listened to this show. I, I I feel I almost feel kind of bad for asking him now. So. Like, <laughs> but but uh,
2: like, like Klaus
4: Jansen
0: uh, we lo- all love last year's.
2: Well, content, I mean, like, like whether you like him or not, he is a legendary inker in the industry. Right. Yes.
0: I mean, you look at you look at what he did with Lost Years. This really fits. Uh, Don, did you give a grade? By the way,
2: I'm not even talked okay. about this yet. Okay,
4: all
0: yeah.
1: right.
4: <laughs> I'll say this: It's a, I, I give it uh, about a beef. It, it, it doesn't quite show in this issue, but I feel like this type of story is the stuff that Howard Mackey really excelled at when he was on during this run. Yes. And then when he tried yes. to do things that either use supervillains or tie continuity together, that's where his writing would fall apart. But from here until before the reboot, that run of Ma- is probably the best work Mackie does, and he does a lot of stories that are like this, where it's mostly just street-level stuff, a couple of gangsters, you know, that whole thing with... Um Oh, who is the the criminal? That uh, Joey Z, that whole mystery issue is one that stands out. Yes. You have a couple of a couple of Jimmy Six appearances, that kind of thing. That one I issue with Morbius, that kind of that kind of stuff is what he does well, and J. R. Jr. Junior. compliments him very well on. So I have very, a lot of nostalgic no. things about it.
0: I mean, honestly, this this is probably this is Mackie's best, the start of Mackey's best run. Yeah, yes. Mackey did something similar. Uh, he did a, he did a lot more street level stuff in his web run but it wasn't as memorable
4: and it kind of it's, a also, short. it's also a some, pretty short run
0: yeah and, and it got a little bit of a theater of the absurd because you had stuff like the blood rose and stuff like that which was just really prototypical 90s but this is like the start of uh, Mackie and 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 jr's like renaissance this is probably one of the, the start of the most Criminally under talked about eras of spider of Spider Man.
3: Oh, absolutely! I think absolutely agree.
2: Like, like Bagley's on his um, way out, but like Romina is like really getting to like uh, his run on Spider Man from this from title to title.
0: This is from this point on. This is and I remember getting this issue off the off the rack at Walden Books. Right. Um, Jesus, Walden Books even still exist? No. Oh. They were bought by Borders, who was now <laughs> bought by Barnes & Noble.
2: They've been dead.
0: <laughs> so that takes – that so, something that takes you back, right? Walden Books. But yeah, I used to get this – well, I used to go to Walden Books every other weekend because we had to take my sister to uh, – basically we would take my sister to the state center so we could get a respite from having to take care of her all the time. Yep. And um, so we would go to the mall or go to Walden Books and go pick up some books or whatever. And I remember picking this up off the rack. I think I still have my original issue. Uh, it, I think I read it so much that the cover fell off. I loved <laughs> this
3: issue.
4: I mean, my cover of this one fell off, too. Uh, <laughs> I
3: don't know what it is about this I'm book. sure I have you my original just, copies somewhere.
0: Um, so I, I absolutely loved this book. Uh, I'm giving it an A. Um, just because I loved this book coming out, was, and this is my rose, this is my nostalgia just completely coming through. I love the artwork. I like Jimmy Six. I like what it was setting up, and it did a really good job setting that up. Don, r- wrap us up on seventy. I
2: will give it an A too. Um, I agree absolutely. I agree one hundred percent with Zach. Like, it's not like the best uh, issue that's ever been told, but at the same time, the Mackey, Arena Junior of, of Spider Man. Is one of my favorite runs. Like it's it's. There's nothing. This this title has been solid for a very long time. I think, like yeah. for the, like the last year of us recording the show, like like since like whenever like, like like a year ago this time when it was like around this front, I think it's like when it really started to solidify itself. Definitely by the time that that maybe not so much that way, but like a uh, once Ben was Spider-Man, this run really started to find its feet. I think that like it's been so consistent that that it's kind of, you know, there, there's 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 almost like a requisite grade with it. Like it's it's no less than a B for me. And right. the dialogue is fine. Uh, the, the, the setups, are, the foreshadowing is fine. The scene transitions are fine. Like, like, the characterization is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. And it's not so much, it's, it's not like, you know, it does. it's an ineffective issue. I find it exciting. Like, you know, when Ben says he's going to jump into action, I find it exciting. Who is Arthur Stacy? I find that exciting. Like, you know, the Hammerhead scene, I find that exciting. Like, it's been twenty years, so like you know, there's no real mystery to- totally for me. But at the same time, like like it, this is a this is a really uh, successful book at what it's doing. It's not stumbling around trying to waste time to, to set up another story like the other titles can get to be or, or often do. Like this is a very very uh, commanding comic by this time and. I, I really enjoy what's doing it and I, so I, I give it I give it an a like, like there's nothing about this that is lacking in any way.
3: May I jump yeah. in. Sure. I, yeah. I'm going to raise my grade to a B just hearing you guys. I was thinking you know what I'm dragging in later stuff that really has nothing to do with the issue itself, and looking back, especially the artwork alone, I mean, it deserves to be. I'm going to raise it to a B. Oh All right.
4: Well, I was, was going to give a corollary to something Don said because he hit on something really important here, which is that um, since Mackey is working on his own plots, that haven't tied stuff together, this this issue and most of the ones, as I recall after this, don't have that classic Howard Mackey. Really, a lot of crap happens on the last page because he has to wrap it up. Ending. I was
0: thinking the same thing.
4: That's you know, great. we're like, yeah. we're like three different scenes are in the last page. Because like, he would always end up doing that because of the the responsibilities that he had having to tie together other stories. But that, you're right, because I didn't think of why, but that is the reason why this felt a lot better paced than his stories usually are, which that's one of his real weaknesses as a writer. He's really bad at doing pacing. But the reason that this run is so good of for, on his end is that most of these issues won't have that problem. As I recall, maybe a few will, but... This one definitely doesn't. No.
2: yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not asking, why is not Peter not okay by the
1: end?
4: And uh, I got a question for you guys, because I can't really answer this well, and maybe, I don't know if you guys have insight into this or not. Um, at the time, how do you think people reacted to that Arthur Stacey page? Because I'm wondering if P- in a pre... Because the internet existed, but it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't really a common thing yet,
3: yeah it was c a Kant's boss
4: well oh, no, well, not just that I mean did, did people recognize who Arthur Stacey was when he when
2: he was on that page? I doubt it like when when the, when, the, when the- the essentials started being printed like in the late nineties right like like a little after this and I don't think they would, would have been up to like like those issues, so like I honestly doubt it.
3: It would have been like people who had collected back issues didn't you know who have would be the first pers- the person to ask this j r fedinger
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh yeah you're you know you're right, it you probably would be
2: well I think that like the, at one at one glance, it feels a lot like the um, what was the guy who was who was chasing Ben for what Kane did?
4: Oh, the detective? Uh, uh, oh my god, I forgot. Trial of Peter Parker. The,
2: the, the guy from Utah. His name is Detective. Yeah, it 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 it, it, it kind of smacks like that at first. But when you bring in Gwen Stacy and it's specifically about that and not about any clone crap, then I think your interest is automatically plugged in because it that, that that's a deep cut. So I think that like at first it was like oh here we go again, but oh Gwen Stacy oh okay. This and this is a direct relative. This this is going to go somewhere.
4: But I just I just wonder if anybody recognizes that he's a pre-existing character. Or not. Oh,
2: I I I I, I really doubt it. Really okay. it. Again, he not he look the same guy. This? Same guy.
4: Well, again, I don't remember seeing him before this. Or if we did, he was in the background somewhere. Yeah, he, he was. He was one of those characters that
0: didn't have a, a huge impact. So I mean, I mean, considering what this issue sets up, I mean, Don Fortunato comes comes up a lot. Throughout, the, until really the end of the reboot. And oh, into with, the
4: reboot, because Jimmy Six shows up afterwards.
0: Yeah, and then you got um, um, Arthur that really is huge in the overall scheme of things.
4: <laughs> Senator Ward, anyone? Oh,
0: God, let's not talk about that. That was that was probably... Uh, uh.
4: <laughs> that ranks up there with Captain Powers, the worst parts of the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, here's the... Um, so I got an A out of Don, an A out of me, B out of Gerard, and B out of Greg. So let's, let's move to the final part of this, of this podcast on the, review, right. on the review side with uh, Spectacular 235 and 236. Let's talk about that for a few minutes.
2: I'll start. For one thing, I think that Vesemma's stuff is looking better because of the inker. I like the art in issue 235. It kind of tapers off in the next issue, but the start of it's pretty strong. I mention this all the time whenever it pops up. The intro bio for will the wisp is in the Spider-Man Unmasked collection.
1: So that's of, that's the,
2: that was the first time I ever heard about that guy before I even read this original issue. Um, and as such, I actually quite like the writing. Like, I like... Ben attacking somebody that he doesn't know because of Peter Parker. And he's like, you know, this is what sucks about me being Spider-Man. I'm, I'm against guys that Peter knows and I don't. And as such, I really enjoy the next page where he's on the phone saying, all right, Peter, Will of the Wisp, go. And, like, like Peter's kind of like, oh, yeah, he's this guy, this guy. Like, that, to me, is really cool. Like, that's really using the clone saga in a way that's like – that doesn't feel obtrusive. It, yes. it feels like like that's that's a uniquely Ben Riley Spider-Man kind of thing. And I think that that would be cool had this lasted longer.
0: This is so, where I think – uh, the Zaga really started to hit his stride on oh, yeah. this title.
2: He's, he's been honing his he's been honing his craft for a while now. It's, it's taking some time, but like yeah, I, I would agree with this.
4: <laughs> Maybe not.
2: <laughs> Re Reread
4: those first couple of pages again. <laughs> That's some bad narration and dialogue.
2: Oh, that actually, yeah, that was that really I, I, I'm not going to lie. That that kind of put me off because it felt really uh, forced. Well, it, it was just like this is a neighborhood, you know, where, where life is really hard. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> it it, it kind of felt for like a better phrase. <laughs> it kind of felt exploitative. Like, 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 you think this is going somewhere. But like, no, it's just an introductory scene for Spider-Man. So, like, it's not even all that exciting, but whatever. Um. Beyond that, though, I do think like like at least in terms of the story structure, it feels a bit better. I think the Will o' Wisp, you know, whole thing is is over the top. It, it feels of a different. It feels of like an older era, but like a lot of issues like these still do, but it's not all that bad. I mean, it's kind of contrived, but it's not. I don't think it's not great, but it's not bad either. Um, so it's it's a decent. I think the artwork's pretty good, and I think because I enjoy it for the most part, the story is. Not good, not bad. The story's fairly average, so
3: I would give it a B minus.
0: B minus from Dawn. Uh, let's go, Greg.
3: Um, there's nothing really wrong with this story. I think Sao looks great and you just covered what I was about to say. Sabu is one of those artists that if he has a bad anchor, his stuff isn't gonna look very good. But if he has a good anchor, it's gonna look great. I mean, like if you look at his maximum carnage issues, I did not I, I was not a fan of his art there, but it's really comes down to the inker and the colorists there. I mean, look again, in some of those uh, early clone sagas where...
0: Bill Sinkiewicz. It
3: lo- yeah, where it kind of, I mean, like, look at the issue where MJ tells Peter that she's pregnant. Those pages look kind of repulsive. And that was Maximum Carnage. No, not Maximum Carnage. I mean, look, I- I- I'm using these clonage. all as the an example of clonage, or whatever, but but yeah, Web of, you know, web, web of Death death. I some of the stuff there that looks really bad. And that's Anchor's fault, not his, but it looks good. I mean, the, Jonas Harrow is one of those, again, all I knew him from when I read this, oh yeah, this is Pointless Hobgoblin, suspect number six, because he was there for two pages, and then Kingsley briefly brings up, oh, maybe I'm Jonas Harrow. Who is this guy?
2: No, he he was from the uh, Bronze Age. He He's appeared before. He appeared, he was there, like, um before Gwen Stacy died. He did that, like, thing with the politician, right?
1: Yeah.
3: It's been a very long time. I've read these issues.
2: which politician? Sam Bullet? No, I'm sorry. Like like it's that story that like that, that was both in that spectacular magazine and in, in ASM, but it was written different
4: Oh, oh okay. I've I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, because I was thinking Sam Bullet too and I'm yeah. like, wait, no. yeah.
3: I mean, I I, mean, I knew he was around, and I've read these issues. I mean, that goes to show just how memorable this guy is. I, mean, I, I I dare suggest
2: that he might even be a standing character, but if he's not, he's, he's right after that. Jonas Harrow definitely
4: appeared a few times in the 80s what, Didn't he? Yeah, he, he appeared like he was one of those guys, He was one of those guys who was a regular for a while. Yeah, anytime he, you he he needed a mad scientist, you. I like up.
2: Jonas Harrow. He he, he looks goofy. <laughs> he's he, he, kind of like Hugo Strange. I'm actually wondering you are gonna say you were
4: gonna say you're wondering if they brought him here because they were gonna do Hobgoblin Lives. Yeah. I think it was too early for that.
2: Well, also, I think he he has like a cameo and a and a flashback reference in Hobgoblin Lives.
3: He's not really a player.
2: Well, well, well. like Greg said, he w- in, at the time, in the
4: 80s, he was one of the suspects, so they brought in all of the suspects, at least briefly. Yeah, I
3: do have the uh, origin of the Hobgoblin trade, and uh, he's not in there. I mean, maybe Stern worked him into, into some issues that weren't really Hobgoblin-related, meaning to, for him to be a suspect, but he's not in the actual Hobgoblin issues. He could have also been one of the
4: later suspects that were brought in by DeFalco.
3: It's been a while since I've read those.
4: Well, the, those are... Tangential to the Hobgoblin story at best because they're not very good. Yeah, and, and, and Defoco changed halfway through yeah. the Hobgoblin, and, and
3: maybe I would have liked it more if I knew what Dragon Man was before this. But um, hey, five hundred dollar <laughs> Marvel Legends figure that isn't a build a figure. Look it up. It's Kind of <laughs> keep on bringing it's, it up. because it's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's the
4: one. Okay, I I guess I'm kind of stepping on you for a second here, but. That's one of the things that bugged me the most about this story, is that this ties in so so much with past Marvel history that it's never even brought up. <laughs> and it feels like a waste.
1: <laughs>
4: well, I like, mean, how, how, how important is it history? Well, I mean, they're making a multiple callbacks to a very specific Fantastic Four issue. For some reason. <laughs> maybe DeZago had just read Fantastic Four 35 for some reason before this because there, there are multiple references to that one story that will probably fly over 95% of the reader's heads.
3: <laughs> I mean...
2: Yeah, you got yeah, to, to be on high level to, to recognize it.
3: I mean, I figure if I'm going gr- to give it a grade, I'll give it a B-, minus. I recognize my problems with it are my own and not really the story's actual prob- problems, and looking at it objectively, it's not great, it's not bad, it's... Above okay, so I'll give it a B minus. It was just kind of my own ignorance prevented me from enjoying the thing a little bit more.
2: <laughs> Your own ignorance. <laughs> well, no, I don't really I don't really know about that, though, because having that extra knowledge doesn't really help. Yeah, I didn't know about that, so, like, you know. I wasn't
3: even factoring that into, into my... Uh, yeah. it, it's,
2: it's really, honestly, it's, it's like a no-prize thing.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to be fair, I <laughs> guess.
4: It, it, this definitely falls squarely into the category of, of what we always call dance-lot continuity porn, where it's, where it's just there to be there. Well,
3: well I like the fact
2: that it's not... Uh, like, it's it's not like you know made to be extremely pointed out. It's it's not even pointed you're out right. at all. Like, like slot would like be like tripping himself over, you know. Pointing yes. out. You're you're right about that. That is, like like
4: uh, just the name of the scientist on the door. If you didn't know who the Professor Gilbert was, it doesn't add or take away anything yeah, from the it, story. That's true. But like, well, I guess if you know who he is, it like oh. So you know, if you hadn't read the issue after this, like if I was reading this at the time and I remembered Fantastic 435, I would have known Dragon Man was coming earlier. That's pretty much the only thing it was, those tips were right. for. But uh, I guess I'll jump into mine. I guess
3: uh, the issue just kind of confused me, and again, that's really more on me than the actual issue.
4: Well, well, well no, because the story itself didn't really make a lot of sense either. Fair enough. Because if you think about it, his, his end game was to get the Dragon Man, but to what end?
3: He's a super villain.
4: Uh, did they ever really explain like what his end goal was? Because free, freeing Dragon Man couldn't have been the end goal, because the Dragon Man is like a heavy that you use to get something else.
1: <sighs>
4: Probably not. Yeah, so. Anyway, um, so, uh, I'll, I'll agree. With, I'll kind of half agree with something Don said, which is that Dezago is definitely improving at this point, and I think he. It was on icy water. Whether or not I thought he was really kind of deserving of being allowed to write a Spider-Man book, you know what I mean? But I, I think by this point he's proven it. Like, yeah, I'll give him his own book because he knows what he's doing. But, although the first couple of pages are rough as hell. <laughs>
1: I
0: Ignore that. He really hits di- his stride once he once the, uh, Mike Ringo gets on the book.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely. Dead.
4: Absolutely. dead, dead, is dead as dead.
2: Yeah, I don't know where that
4: came yeah. from. That's gotta be right up there with I'll kill you to death is just one of those dumbest <laughs>
3: <laughs> lines in comics. Uh, uh Will o' the Wisp just sucks. Yeah, what is uh, what is Will of the Wisp? I mean, the only thing I know Will O' the Wisp from is they used to have in the nineties these Marvel cards that you would buy, some there was a Spider Man series, they were all drawn by Mark Bagley, it was really cool, and one of them was Will O' the Wisp, and that's the only thing I recognized him from. He's
1: one of those guys with like his, his guys.
3: Dialogue almost suggests that he's like this noble character
2: who you're supposed to feel bad for him because he's talking in such a highbrow way, but he's under such trauma. But like the dialogue kind of does the work for you, and and the. Because of that, there's no real emotional engagement, right?
3: Um,
2: I know we'll okay. it cuts off the Deck what were you were going to say. I mean, I guess uh, Night Watch. Yeah, uh,
0: with well, he was an '80s character, wasn't he? Yep. I think he appeared he appeared in the '80s. Uh, I'm sure if uh, Brad Douglas, if I,
4: I if, if I remember right, I think he was an ESU student or or ESU professor. He was tied to the college set. Aren't most reason? of the villains
3: yeah. superpowered characters in Spidey's life?
4: Well, this was during the time he was oh, in the college guys,
0: so that makes sense. Uh, I think he was like an early '80s character, maybe a Roger stern
4: yeah without having it in front of me i can't really tell you
0: but, but um, i vaguely
4: remember him being connected to esu somehow
0: yeah so um yeah well the wisp this was my first exposure to him and i i, I
3: had no idea
4: the whole um, time i was he's one of those characters on. that i sorry go ahead sound like
3: you're lagging by no. the way he was okay I, f- I found him on wikipedia i guess it's on wikipedia page actually created by len wien and ross Andrew. Amazing oh, wow. Spider-Man earlier than that. Yeah, that's right. Amazing Spider-Man 167's first appearance, April 1977. Partnerships, Jonas Harrow, Scarecrow, and Molten Man. Nice. Mm. Apparently it showed so up young. in Civil War at some point. Ugh. Everybody did.
4: <laughs> this is true. But anyway, when I, when I was reading this, the thing that really kept bugging me was this whole
3: implant thing.
4: And from the very first time he brought it up, I kept thinking, okay, he can go intangible. And they eventually bring it up in the story, but they don't go far enough with it, which is that if he can control every molecule in his body, he should be able to turn intangible enough and have the thing remain tangible that it just would have fallen to the ground. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: That's what should have been the, the, the resolution to this story, rather than that weird crap where you have Spider-Man reach into his head. Like, that made no sense. Because, again, if you went fully intangible and left that thing Hold and intact, it just would have fallen to the ground because there would be nothing tangible around it.
0: Well, and and before he, by the way, before he appeared in this issue, his last appearances were with the
3: Outlaws,
0: the Silver Sable group from Web of Spider-Man that had
3: Sandman and right. So, oh yeah, that's right, The Wild Pack. Yeah, and apparently after this, year, well, no, it,
0: the Wild Pack was her her like alpha team, her merc- mercenaries. This was like Sandman,
4: Will of the Wisp, Prowler. Rocket Racer...
3: Is she still dead in the comics? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: (laughs) More of those those pointless people killed off for shock value. More of those Um, people
2: in that that, that slot is killing off.
4: (laughs) Alright, I mentioned all that stuff about uh, FF already in my notes. I could check that off. Um, How did this issue turn into two issues? This is the thing that, that kills me cuz it's barely enough story for one issue. It felt like it's such a throwaway story. Well,
1: I can't I can't believe
4: it took two issues to tell this.
0: The way spectacular works really is you have sort of a three-issue arc starting with next issue, so with 137 or 237, excuse me, um through uh two thirty nine, that's all one sort of one story. Now Yeah, it's
4: a lizards. It's, it's a lizard it's trilogy. The, I know. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with this. <laughs>
0: but what but from the moment that Jurgens was possibly gonna start stop being on the book, it seemed like that this was the kind of the afterthought. And so there's only two story arcs, this one and the next one, and that's it. And then Spectacular's done until Revelations. Whereas there was more self contained stories in Sensational. There's a two issue story in Sensational, a two issue story in Syphilis, yeah. yeah. And then the rest of them are all sort of one-and-done or interconnected
4: stories. I don't know. It just seems like at this point, it's just... Compared to the other books, which seem to be doing things, this is just treading water. Yes. Uh, Plus, we should mention, uh, Bissema only has, like, two issues after this. Yes. As the across. Yeah, because he does, I think, 237 and 238, then. Actually, he's kind of done... Well, not just that he leaves. I think that's the end of his penciling career, more or less. I think he did a couple of
3: fill-ins at DC after this, but he he did a superior team-up story, the one with a yeah. Green Goblin, Norman, Norman, Norman Osborne and Doc Ock. I mean, with, but yeah. Ron Friends also did that. I mean, it was Sal well, Ron I, Friends doing I think our,
4: Well, I know, but Sal continued to ink for years right, and years yeah. and years after this. I'm saying as a penciler. Oh, yeah, he was I wasn't
3: sure finished. I have to check the credits. I wasn't, I wasn't sure which of the yeah. two.
4: Oh, if Friends is working on it, that means Friends is the penciler, Busema is the inker, because at this stage, Busema is his personal inker. Yeah. Yeah, either
3: way, they did a beautiful job on that.
4: I agree with Don wholeheartedly. Really nice artwork by Sal here. Uh, at this point in his career, I think he's working exclusively breakdown, so it makes sense that with a different inker it would look totally different, now that he's not under the thumb of uh, Bill, son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, ni- nice-looking work here. Um, and then, of course, the whole subplot where he, quote-unquote, is dying... That ends up going <laughs> going nowhere, which I guess is introduced here. And then, oh god, it's it's done next month, isn't it?
0: Yes, because it's supposed to set up. Because
4: he's he's alive again in the uh, onslaught stories. Yep,
0: I remember that this very is,
2: well him dying.
4: This is setting up
0: his
2: powers coming back, obviously. Uh, By uh, taking how many the issues into sensation um, has been Spider-Man? Eleven. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should say how many left like, during the Ravingo era? Uh,
4: Five. Okay. Yeah. No. Because. No, no, because we did up to six, which was Jurgens, right? Yes, yes. And then but seven, seven is Luke Ross, and then eight, nine, ten, and eleven are Ringo.
0: So there's four, four by
4: Ringo. Well, yeah. four by Ringo, one by Ross. We we haven't covered the Ross one yet. Yeah,
0: we'll cover We'll cover that. So yeah, let me give my give my thoughts because I think
4: everybody's gone around
0: the horn at this point.
4: Uh, I haven't given a grade yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this one a C. It was okay, C? but yeah, it was it was just it, it was too. Uh, it, it didn't have enough meat to it to justify it even existing, let alone being two issues.
0: Yeah. So. Greg, what Greg was your grade?
3: I gave it a B. I'm thinking think I'm going to give it a C. A pure pressure. I know, pure yeah, pressure. A C. A C. Okay. I, I, I didn't like it that much.
0: All right, I'm going to give this a, not a B.
3: Great, but yeah.
0: This is a B minus for me. Um, I like the artwork in this issue. This is when I really started to fall in love. Started to fall in love with Zabu and Then reading his old stuff before, like with Demitias, I completely was head over heels. So in terms of artwork, this is really good stuff. Um, again, inking we talked about it with Rumida. This and we've talked about it. I think for the majority of the show. Unfortunately, it didn't get to it wasn't until really the grace responsibility was when Buscema started to kind of get his groove back in terms of his artwork and it's finally about right here where we start seeing really good artwork from him again and then of course he leaves in the middle of an
4: arc and I, yeah he does the first two parts of that lizard three parter and I
0: think the reason why and I'll, I'll have to double check life of Riley is is they wanted to keep Luke Ross forking. So they pushed Sal out the door and put Ross on Spectacular because Ross was supposed to be regular artist for Sensational, starting with issue seven, and they're gonna bring in Dirk Jurgens to do the writing chores from issue eight on. But they put Dezago that they had to keep DeZago on the on Sensational.
3: That's a shame. So, I, yeah. That's a real shame. I say this as someone who likes Luke Ross.
4: Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. Sal had a lot of years left in him, I think. Yeah, I I would have at least had him finish the arc. Because here's the thing, like, when they brought in Gil Kane to do those fill-ins, it was almost kind of sad, because you could see that he was no longer the Gil Kane he used to be. (laughs) He wasn't even close to that, yeah. No, but with these issues, you could see Sal was still firing off. His art was still great. Like, he was yeah. still South. Sal- he could easily do point. an issue. He could easily do 10 more years at this point. I'm looking I'm doing the stuff I'm
2: looking at. Do you think that, 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 like, he basically phased him out because of his style?
3: I don't they, think like, they, so. Like because, they did with, um, I just posted a, uh, uh, they, uh stuff? It,
2: um, you know, Don, I'm going
4: to have to disagree with that because he's one of the artists that I think, if you look back from, say, like, look at this issue and then look at. I don't know. Spectacular two hundred, and then look all the way back to Spectacular number one, which he actually drew. Believe it or not, yes. um, he didn't do it. He, it wasn't a continuous run, but he did do that first year or so. Of spectacular um, three. You would think it was three different artists. Like it, he, his style changed over time when it needed to. Mm-hmm. So I felt like if they felt that his style was outdated, if they had just communicated that to him, he would have changed. He would have adapted again.
0: I think the excuse that was given to. It- in Life of Riley, was that Spectacular was the lowest selling book of the four? They wanted to put some new blood on it. Sal had been there for near, for, uh, he did over 100 issues of Spectacular. And we'll talk about this obviously more when we get to his final issue. But yeah, I really feel like this is some of his better work. And the story wasn't great. I still giving it a B minus because as the artwork is just dynamic. This is when I feel like that Sal really could have probably hit his stride again, because I think there's just a kinetic energy to the artwork, and that was a damn shame. It wasn't it wasn't any better than it was before this. So I, I like the story Will of the Wisp. It's kind of a throwaway thing. It's not. It's one of those things. It's like a happy meal. It's not. It, it, it'll fill you up, but it's not. Um, you know, it's not the healthiest thing in the world. Right? It gives you sustenance though, and I think it did its job. I think it, Gerard is right, though this could have probably been an issue. But again, I, I like the story, and I remember again, this is another one I remember picking up at Walden Books off the off the rack and reading and reading the book. <laughs> so there's a bit of a nostalgia here, but overall, good good stuff.
2: So
4: was Walden was Walden Books still around in the early 2000s?
2: Yes. The last time I saw, I, yes. I, I remember re- Bern Stealing the first issue, brand new day at Walden Books. Okay, okay, I was going
4: to say, because I definitely remember buying some JMS issues at a Walden Books once.
2: Oh yeah, I, I first read The Mordor Fight in, in Walden Books on the floor. So awesome. <laughs> In the trade or in the single issue? Single issues. Okay.
1: Mm.
4: Yeah, because they had Walden Books and Borders and all that stuff that used to be in walls that I used to get comics at sometimes.
0: I used between once, this and...
4: <laughs> once again, I got to complain about comics. If you want people to read new people to read comics, you got to put them in places other than comic book stores.
0: Yeah, and like the, the the three places that I remember getting comic books at four places in my life were Walden Books, Hastings in my hometown.
4: Didn't the one by you just close? It's uh, it's starting to
0: close. It closes in September, I think. Ouch! Uh, uh, my comic book store, which is still open, that it's an hour away, and um obviously on comiXology. So there's a very, there's a lot of, of memories that are attached to these comic books that, for me, we're getting into that, these vivid, absolutely vivid memories of buying these books and reading them.
2: So... Yeah. You, you know something, I got When, when I, we get to Spider-Man 75, like, I have an entire story of where I Oh, so there. do I. I have a story, too. I have a really good story. I think
4: we all have a story. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I never got Spider-Man 75, unfortunately.
3: <laughs> was, <laughs> wah, wah,
4: wah,
3: wah. No, we
2: don't have a lot of stories.
4: Although you did hit on something, Zach, because I definitely can remember where I bought a lot of these early issues.
2: Yeah,
4: <laughs> And there's a funny story. You know how I got this one? Um, I'll just tell it now. Uh, whoa, what was that? <laughs> my child. Oh. Um, uh, when I was graduating high school... Uh, my high school art teacher, who was, it was a guy when I was a friend with my whole four years there, um, Mr. Ventrelli. You see me inter- you see me d- interacting with him on Facebook sometimes, <laughs> even nowadays. Um, when I was graduating, he t- he said he was like, you know, give me a hug, you know, sign my yearbook and stuff when I was leaving, and he turned to me and he said, uh, yeah, yeah by the way, you could take any of those comics off of my shelf over there, and and he, next to his desk he had a like a floor to ceiling bookshelf. Just full of like old ASMs, uh, Peter Parker, Spider Man, Spectaculars, all from this era. Where do you get that? He, he he just had them from when he was, grow- and he brought them from home, and he had them all in his in, in his classroom instead of at home. That's cool. So and, he, and he's like, oh, you can have them. So I'm like, swoops, I grab like a, a duffel bag. Out. <laughs> yeah. you, you know when like you take awesome. your arm just grab stuff and just throw them at, like. I swear to God, I I, I was like, alright, because that was the day you have to take everything out of your locker and stuff, I'm like,
1: I'm,
4: I'm looking at all this stuff in my locker, like, do I really need this? Or can I keep this, or can I just throw this away and have more space to steal 50 more comic books? And I ended up, I cleaned him out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I mean, we're talking like, comp- almost every issue of the Clone Saga and the era after the Clone Saga. <laughs> like, just filled up I like tripled the size of my comics collection that day <laughs> and I'm like how many hundreds of bucks is worth of stuff that I just did I just steal from you that day and he's like yeah I probably shouldn't have just given them to you and I'm like yeah well I'm not giving them back you bastard forget about that oh, nice. <laughs>
0: well now you can tell him that you use it as research for, for a podcast
4: <laughs> the funny thing was when I was back there at December he was selling some of his old stuff and I, was like, and I was like, you know, I'm like, how much for these? He's like, come on, man, you're going to make me charge you money. I'm like, do you want me to steal all your stuff again? He's like, okay, good point.
3: Nice. I don't have a story about these issues. I just bought them at the local CVS at the time. CVS?
4: My God, do they still sell comics? No.
3: They didn't sell copies. If did. you
4: go to Walgreens, you can get, you can get Namor. <laughs>
3: oh, I need to do that. Thanks well, for yeah, reminding well, me, well, yeah. T- the toys, yeah, yeah, you're right. But no, no, they don't. Tell, they don't sell comics. Oh, my, my local CVS had a uh, comics rack at the time.
4: Well, I, I mean, I've mentioned this a few times. The first comic book I ever bought uh, was X Men Adventures number five, and I, you know, where I bought it, I bought it at the newspaper shop on a campground next to next to a, an amusement park. Not even kidding, like they don't sell comics in places like these anymore. How are kids supposed to discover comics?
3: Well, maybe now that you we're in the digital, we are all, all going to download them. I don't know.
4: I, I am remiss that. to say
0: something. I do need to say something. There was two other places that I bought comic books in my life. The first comic book I ever bought was at Homeland Grocery Store, which doesn't exist anymore. And that the other place cry. was my – yep. and the other place was Walmart, not a Supercenter, the original, original version of Walmart, which is now, because we're in Texas, a church.
1: <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm sorry, did you... I gotta go back. Did you just go Walmart hipster on us by saying you went to a Walmart before it was a super center? Yes. I have to, I have to <laughs> specify it wasn't a super center. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to Walmart before it was a super center, man. And
3: now it's a church.
4: That old Walmart
3: building is a church. Have you
4: seen some of the people in Walmart? I think they think it's a church now. Like... The way the
3: people act in there is weird. Oh, yeah, my brother will tell you stories.
4: I have near religious experiences, demonic possessions and all.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, we need to get my brother on the tonight and I'm talk, tell us about how he's being stalked by a latex man there. Real. <laughs> true story, this is true.
4: <laughs> they had a woman at a Walmart once who tried to, tried to dive in front of my cart to get hit by it to try to sue me.
2: By claiming that she, that she was temporarily possessed. Well, sir, I step in front of cars and do the drivers.
4: Wait,
0: Gerard's been to Gerard's been to a Walmart.
4: They don't have him here in New York, but when I'm out of town, I have to go to a Walmart oh, okay. to get stuff. Nah. Like when we would go on camping trips and stuff. That's where we'd that's where we would stock up on supplies. So yeah, she's just like, yeah. oh, like throws herself from my car. And I'm like.
3: I'm like, Bitch, saw you
4: ten feet away. I'll try that.
3: <laughs> Look at that rich man from the big city. Yeah, I know,
4: right? He has two matches socks. Let me jump in front of his cart. It's like, lady, <laughs> really?
0: I do remember buying Spider Girl Walmart. now that I think this
2: about comic it. series, or I bought the uh, Osborne one at yeah, Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Oh well, did you, are you
3: talking about in those old like multi packs and stuff? Um, I don't think so. No, it's just I think it's just like the, the issue. I shoplifted the Osborne Journal. <laughs> it's what
2: Norman would want. <laughs> so, What's the statute
4: of limitations on my unpetty theft?
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. That's Chris.
4: <laughs> we'll make a crawl the Chris Linus. Alright. So. Wow, that was that was a weird tangent of like 10 to 15 minutes. That's why I blew for real. Not, to this, not unique to this episode. <laughs> well,
1: we do them all the time in no. Spectacular uh, Radio.
0: All right, Which so, you can listen to, Ed. <laughs> so I, I do have an email that I would like to read because I told them that I would read it next time we had a get together.
4: Is it from Big Al? No, it's not from Big Al.
0: <gasps> it's it it's time. Uh, it's from it's from a guy named Eugene.
4: Flash, uh,
3: it's Flash Thompson.
4: It's not Flash Thompson. No, it's uh it's uh the silver spider. Eugene to Pay Arnold. There you go. A
0: bunch of 90s references.
4: I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. Eugene was Frogman, not uh, Silver Spoiler. There you go. So uh, it says, the Dear Cone Saga Chronicles podcast
0: was sent to me back on April 8th of this year. Uh, I'm, I'm not a long-time listener, but I've been aware of your podcast over the years. i just finished listening to Episode 50, and man, I really wish I were a part of this podcast because I have so much to say.
1: Which one was
0: that again? Uh, episode 50 was Blood Brothers. Um, in fact, I would probably have had so much to say in every episode of the podcast, but say let me. Prior to the Clone Saga, I was reading comics and did like Spider-Man, but I just started getting just started getting weird, sending Spidey to outer space, sending his par- bringing his parents back from the dead, and then taking him away from get- again, making him all cosmic, maximum carnage, dot, 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 dot. dot. Uh, on top of that, there were a lot of references to the stories from the 70s and early 80s that I'd never be able to read, so there was all this continuity that got in the way with Enjoying it as it is. I, pick, I picked it up now and then, but wasn't compelled to follow it closely. Fast forward to the much maligned DC vs. Marvel four-part series.
2: Hey, well, hey, hey, well, hey, hey now, hey now.
0: And, and wah, 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 Spider-Man is fighting Superboy, and somehow Spidey's named Ben, and they're both talking about clones, huh? So I go back to the local comic shop and start reassembling the clone saga from the beginning. The issues with the foil covers where Ben and Peter meet on the rooftop of the hospital, and he's hooked. He likes Ben. He's not a Pulitzer Prize-winning photographer married to a rich supermodel. And he can follow him just... Alright, I gotta take offense
4: by... to that. I'm cracking my knuckles now.
0: He can guy's gonna get a beating when this is just, He can follow him with just Spidey's origin, and he gets it. He was so religiously compelled the rest of the Clone Saga up to the present. About the time of Final Adventure. Between then and Spider-Man 75, he's buying each issue every week because he can't get enough. And then this is all caps. And they bring back the Green Goblin and kill him off in the same issue so they can kill Ben and he disintegrates? Question mark. And that's the last Spidey comic I ever bought. F.U. Marvel. I know that the above too long didn't read. It was unsolicited, but I just wanted to say you're doing a great job. If I could maybe be a part of the panel if you get to Revelations or at least 75, it would be pretty awesome. For my audition, listen to a recent episode of this podcast that he does. Uh, he He forgot to mention that he lives in Korea now, but he seems... You guys seem to be using Skype anyway. Um, It's a show about life in Korea, as he's an expert. Uh, uh, Either way, he's going to start from the beginning and listen through our podcast. Glad to know that there are other Ben fans out there, Eugene. Well, Eugene, uh, thanks for listening, obviously. Um, Looks like he was one of those that just said, done, after 75. Um, He was the target audience. Certainly, this is an interesting take.
1: That's why I wanted to
0: read it because this is this is very unique. Because obviously, Gerard, myself, Don, Greg are all guys that went after Ben, um, and we also all like the marriage. So, Gerard, I know you're cracking your knuckles. What are your thoughts? <laughs>
4: I'm mildly offended by the implication that you could do a better job than we're doing on this podcast. It seems to be the entire point of this message. I don't think it was.
0: I think I think he would like. He's one of those guys that he's enjoying the show so much. He he would if he had an opportunity to contribute, he would.
4: (laughs) Really? Because I read it a little differently. I read it as I'm enjoying the show, but it would be a lot better if somebody competent like me was on it.
0: Uh, I don't think it was the even. I'm not looking at it that way.
4: To be fair, I would tell him to go to hell, but since he lives in Korea, he's already there. <laughs>
2: oh wow! Uh, I would also, also like to plug uh, the views from the Longest Episode that is recently out, where Michael Bailey and I talk about DC versus Marvel, but we do not talk about Spider Boy. That's safe for this podcast. Nice.
4: Actually, was- wait, you wait—you covered DC versus Marvel, and he didn't
2: even mention Spider Boy. That
4: will kind of cover. Oh, we, we mentioned
2: it, but like, but like he said, Amalgam was his own thing that so we didn't want to like, get into detail. So uh, I'm saving my. Because uh,
0: cover just
3: just?
2: We, we, we did just the miniseries, and we mentioned obviously the Malcolm stuff,
3: but like it was just a four issue miniseries. Did you cover that crossover where Venom beats up Superman because Venom was popular at the time? We did not. <laughs> uh, did I'll you cover that one when we get to it. I'm looking forward to hearing about that one.
0: <laughs> did you cover the Strange Fate uh, story that had Access in it?
2: Yeah, we did because, like, that's in the trade and, like, that kind of, like – if you go into, like, from issue three to issue four, you kind of need that strange trade issue. Otherwise, like everything else, it didn't make any sense.
0: That's a it. true story. That's a very true story because I haven't it, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, look, I appreciate his comments. I appreciate he took the time to, to write in. Yeah, me um, too.
1: I disagree
3: um, with him on everything but it's cool. <laughs> 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 thank you very
2: much for writing in and please write yeah, in thank again. You. Thank you, yeah. Yes, please. Everybody, send us your
0: emails. Yeah, close and this guy. We have another email. This is from Sean Wacho. Uh, he said, "Hey, Spidey dudes, I hope you got you get this because I tried sending an email once. I don't think you ever got it. Anyway, he's been listening to our podcast on and off for years and love it. You guys do an excellent job." With your information and insight, and I really enjoy it. I'm really, I'm thrilled that it did that you did some commentaries on the '90s show. It's all my all-time favorite cartoon. I heard you guys mention that the only two punches Spidey throws are the chameleon in the spot. He actually spotted another one that they snuck into the final nightmare after Spidey is cured and says, "I'm back." He knocks down the scorpion. A few seconds later, he runs towards the scorpion, and if you look closely, you'll see him punch the scorpion in the chest with a closed fist. I believe well, this was a nod to ASM 341, 343, powerless, where a similar situation where he punches the scorpion and through the roof after screaming, I'm back. Not that's sure if you awesome. already if you already knew about this, but he, he never heard it mentioned. So keep up the good work and thanks.
4: Oh man, is that that stupid story where that where Black Cat got those enhancements? And I don't mean breast implants. <laughs> I mean like power enhancements.
0: Yes, I think so. Uh-huh. Where she gets where she gets the uh, costume that runs all the way down past her navel.
4: Oh, that costume was embarrassing.
2: Yeah, Honestly, like with the giant the, I noticed II. the difference between that and her usual costume.
0: So um, I think that is all the emails. So, do you know? um, if you want to leave us an email, you can leave us an email at cloneschroniclesgmail.com. We always like feedback uh, whenever we have all these shows. Uh, one thing we don't have that I would wouldn't mind seeing is some iTunes reviews. Now there was a Facebook message that we got that said, oh, "I'm not listening to the show anymore."
2: I will say I don't know if people do it iTunes reviews anymore because like. I don't see him anywhere, like, like in, in recent shows or anything.
0: Um, all right, so this is another guy named Robert Hill. To the Spidey du- people at Spidey Dude, hello, hi, all. I'm a huge fan of your websites, and particularly the Clone Saga Chronicles and breakdowns of the latter half of the Clone Saga books. I was wondering if Zag, Trevor, and Greg would be discussing the ancillary or cr- and crossover titles that featured Ben Riley as Spider-Man during this period, circa Return of Spider-Man to Revelations. But more specifically, he's wondering if our podcast is going to cover Spider-Man Backlash 1 and 2, DC versus Marvel a uh, one through four AS or uh, uh, Spider Man Ultra Force one A, one B, and a Venom um, Along Came a Spider with uh, one through four with Family Plot one and two.
3: Do we have to <laughs> here's
0: here's my plan. Um, let's see. The Along Came a Spider, Family Plot, and the Holiday Special are all going to be in an episode together
2: with holiday just special. me. So good. With just me. I did it. Is that
4: the one? Is that the one with uh, with uh, his Wookiee family?
2: <laughs> you know, Spidey. I always thought of you. That's as my the family. one
4: that the
0: Scorcher actually shows up in.
2: Yeah, the Scorcher. Um, that's.
0: Yeah, the Scorcher shows up, and like Johnny Storm shows up, and, and they almost um, they and Peter almost unmasked, and then Ben and Ben and Johnny basically make up. Remember, was, I
1: thought you were,
4: were going to say Ben and Johnny make out. I'm like,
0: whoa! Makeup. I've I'm already, just... been, I've already. And then uh, Spider-Man Backlash. I'm going to do two like mini-series episodes. I'm going to go through like the uh, team up, and I think I'm going to do Backlash on that one. And if I can find Ultra Force, I will. But um, those are the things that aren't in the Clone Saga trades, like the Backlash and the Ultra Force stuff. Uh, DC versus Marvel's not in there either.
4: Um. They, oh, they can't, re- that can't reprint that for legal reasons. Yeah, so I, I, if we wanted to do a DC, I, I
0: suppose I suppose we could do a DC versus Marvel, but there's really not a whole lot of Spider-Man stuff. He appears in the very beginning and oh, the okay, end. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sets up with the first scene, and right. then we see him team with, with Clark Kent, and then he saves Lois Lane from two sca- Joe Scarecrows, and then like he gets threatened by Clark Kent for hitting on his fiance. <laughs> then he beats up Superboy. And then he encounters the Kingpin randomly in the last issue. Like, I mean, we we could go through it in like an hour,
3: but we can yeah. definitely, there's enough content to do an episode.
0: Okay, so we, uh, maybe if we want to, like, get together and do an episode sometime. And
3: I can't <laughs> see how we, could make, how we could do Venom Along Came a Spider without slamming those constant Venom miniseries throughout the entire thing. I can do that without doing that.
0: Um, Along Came a Spider is one of those that's just really bad, so I decided to do it by myself and save you guys the misery.
3: Thank you. Uh, for
0: 20 years. Uh, it's it's pretty horrendous. Who wrote it. Uh, Larry Hammer,
4: Dr- Dr- Joe Saint Pierre did the Larry Hammer wrote that. Yep. Oh my God. Larry Hammer's a good writer. What the hell is he doing? Yeah, it's pretty awful. Uh, I met him at that little small con in December too. By the way, nice.
0: Uh, I, I completely do- trashed him and dogged him, so that's even better. Um. Oh God. No, really, if he like, what the hell? Alright, so, so basically, I'll, I'll kind of go over this. I'm not going to read the specifics because I don't have it, but but we had a, We did have a fan that said he wasn't going to listen to the show anymore, that uh, he was very frustrated with our coverage. During our coverage, we kind of dog the current stuff. Let me tell you something right now. If you like Dan Slott's work right now, it's great. You know, for you, great. I think it's everything that a Spider-Man story isn't, in particular with this current volume. I agree it, with that. Uh, when you, especially when you compare it to an issue like issue seventy, where it's it's street level, ground level, it's you know Spider Man fighting against mobsters. That's a great story, um, and that fits the tone of Spider Man. Having him being a billionaire CEO is completely the opposite of Spider Man. Having him be a scientist is is, is by, because it, it goes to the core tenet of the character, him being a scientist and being an inventor and, and inventing things. But making him a billionaire CEO with a high tech suit and him working with Shield, it's everything a Spider Man story isn't. If you're enjoying it, great, but it just isn't for me.
2: All I'll say is that like I understand you coming to hear a show about the Clone Saga and bristling if. a a, a portion of what you receive is negativity on the current stuff because that 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 is like you know not necessarily what you sign up for at the same time i mean we are we have proven all of us have proven ourselves to be extremely opinionated spider-man fans so it's kind of like the gift and the curse with whatever content you listen to us um uh but i I understand like you know you don't like you listen to something where people dog on something that you may like may enjoy so i can only apologize and uh, I try to be an optimist, so I try not to dwell on it, but I can't promise that it won't happen in the future.
4: Uh, you're also missing an important part of his point, Zach, which is that he thought it was completely irrelevant to the show. And I would, I would argue that nine times out of ten it is completely relevant. because it's either tied directly to something that we said,
0: yeah. or, it
4: re- or there's elements that reference the stories that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, usually... You don't, we, don't, we usually don't pull it out of thin air is the point I'm trying to make. If
0: we do, it's because we're making a joke. Yeah, and and if you can't if you can't take the joke, we're sorry. But uh, again, if you're enjoying it, great. If you and, and look, I and I agree with both of y'all's both of y'all's perspectives on this. I get that you're signing up for a on, Saga show. Uh, I mean, even like and I love Jason to death, but like when he was making all the brand new Dave re- references and it wasn't st- he just wouldn't stop.
4: No, that stuff was off topic. I hammered him on that on made him Monday. Like <laughs> she
2: was a lizard. I hope he doesn't eat us. It.
4: It's, <laughs> it's like it's like okay, you know, it, it, it,
0: every once in a while it's funny, but every but it, it starts. It, it,
2: well, there's a balancing right. act with that. I mean, cause, like some it. of
3: those jokes are like five years old by this point. Yeah, there yes. is. I mean, I mean, I, as I recall, I mean, when we were when we reviewed the uh, lizard episode on Spectacular Radio, we kept making shed jokes the entire time. I mean sometimes it's just you can't help yourself. I mean
1: and
0: I'm sure that when we I mean next episode we're going to be covering uh, August of 96 and the first and the spectacular issue is the first part of the lizard story that we're going to cover <laughs> we're going to cover that one issue separately. So I mean there may be some and Billy makes a it's a big part of that story. So there may be a couple of shed jokes just you know trigger
4: warning. Uh, <laughs> oh no you did not have to say trigger warning. <laughs> Uh, so besides, besides, come on, it was hilarious when Josh brought up that when I made that soda wars random joke, and Josh brought up that that was an actual plot in the slot issue, and I went completely berserk. That was hilarious. Come on,
2: yes. <laughs> well, well, well was a moment where like you were unaware that like they for one issue they brought back Bennett Brant, only to have Betty Brandt murder him. Yes, that was yes. One of my favorite podcasting moments was like was like he's like no this can't have happened. Then Josh comes out of nowhere like a goes and explains it all. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, because I think Josh was like he was not on the episode, but he was listening in on the episode. Because pull back the curtain a little bit, Josh's Josh's work schedule was kind of hectic, so that's why he's not on the show right now. And, but there's every once in a while if he if he's available, he can listen, but he can't really contribute because he feels like he needs to have you know notes and be organized and can't shoot from the hip. But that was one of those complete moments where he just jumped in and was like, "Yeah." So Bennett Brant got his head blown off, and then and then the. Oh, what was the, the first Bertone's sister? Yeah, yeah. Bertone's bio. What was what the first one? Like the the brother-in-law?
2: Uh, Flash um, Thompson's brother-in-law that we yeah. didn't know until you knew he died. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: I mean it's it's those things that are just. And I think we referenced it during the Bennett Brand thing. Um, That's a
1: you can <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: You know, so I mean, dude, if it's the theater of the absurd, we're gonna we're gonna poke fun, at it. we poke fun at these issues. I mean, that's part of the charm of this show is that we we do. We, we call things like we see it, and Spider-Man's good, bad, or indifferent.
2: is an inherently just just ridiculous franchise?
3: Yeah, I mean, we poke mm. fun at Stan, Steve, and Johnny's run. Oh yeah, and we love that stuff. Yeah,
4: I mean, yeah. I, I, in fact, if you want if if you want to hear some of us talk positively about the modern stuff, listen to the upcoming Mayday Mondays episode about uh, about Spider Verse. We have a lot of very nice things to say about it. That's complete sarcasm. We just trashed the hell out of
1: it.
4: All right, I have to. The, the gig is up. That's a complete setup. We just pummel it for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, was that the one with? <laughs> the, was, you
1: know,
4: was that what? that's the one that's the one Big Al appears on. Yeah, well uh, I have a half hour long argument about
0: You know, we went through the Facebook stuff, we went through the emails. We didn't have any voicemails this month. So our voicemail line is eight one eight nine two five six six three one. Call us and leave us a voicemail. Let us know what show you're going to be leaving in a voicemail for. We'll play it on the show. We have our email, which is clonesocronicles at gmail dot com. And then we have our Facebook page, which is some place we really interact with a lot of pe- we really interact with people. And if you leave, if you send us a message, we're really typically our response time between me and Gerard is minutes,
4: <laughs> which is funny because it seems like most of our message load happens between four and six a.m. And which, for some ungodly reason, I'm awake
3: during that time period. And, and hey, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to leave us a message to try to engage,
4: let's uh,
0: let's wrap the show up. So again, uh, like us on Facebook, uh, follow uh, us on Twitter at Klonzaggerkrony. Got uh, email. Conquers, gmail.com. our phone number, 818 925 6631 It's 818-9-CLONE-1. And, of course, you can always go to Spide-Dude.com and leave us a comment on any of our threads there. Any, anyway, so uh, if you want to listen to uh, Gerard, which uh, at this point I'm kind of at, why? am <laughs> um, going like
4: what Gerard, heard, tell us I... where
0: we can find you at.
4: Uh you can find me hosting Mayday Mondays episodes, which which you can find on our website, spidey dash dot com, which Zach never mentioned until now you saw Uh you can find us on uh iTunes at Mayday Mondays, you can find us at Google Play Music Podcast at Mayday Mondays, you can find us on YouTube on at the channel's called Mayday Mondays Podcast. Look it up, it's real. Except in Germany, because the music is blocked there. <laughs> Sorry, Germans. But,
1: but-
0: so, so, the, so, Germans have to listen to it on the iTunes.
3: Yeah, sorry, sorry, Germany.
0: Greg, where can we find you?
3: Yeah, okay, I'm hosting Spectacular Radio on a Spider uh. Dude, Dude Network, and um, we talk about Spectacular Spider Man, the animated series, the short, the 26 episode two season series, and we're interviewing people who worked on the show. Each almost every other installment, and most of these guys are on. Here will eventually be on there at some point, so um, check us out. It's a lot of fun.
0: And Don, you're the only one not on the network. He's uh, on. He's on this show. Well, besides the show and the '90s commentaries.
3: Well, so, yeah, well
2: someday I, I, I'll. I say someday. I do want to get back to those commentaries. It's all a matter of time. But until then, you can find me on the Comic Film Review, CBF Review, review spelled R-E-V-U-E. Dot Lipson.com. We are on iTunes. We also have a Facebook page. Well, I did write for the back or I did do reviews for the Batgirl title, but now that it's ended, I ain't going to do that no more. Um, but I write various other no. things on the BatmanUniverse.net. I have written for the Hooded Utilitarian Comics blog on various uh, socio-political uh, comic book essays. Check those out. I have about half a dozen up there. And there shall be more to come. And I believe that is everything that's pertinent as of now. I, I, do, I do have something in the works, but it's not public yet, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Did you guys you finish the DBZ show? Yes, Jesse and I completed that back in December. Uh, you can still check out that show; it's also on there. Four years worth of the entire review of Dragon Ball Z, um, and we have designs to come back for future stuff. But like we're you know right now we're enjoying our convalescence. Um, DBZExhibition. Is there? Anything? Oh, I'm 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 new on Twitter. If anyone wants to follow me, uh, DonoDMG1
0: at Twitter.com Folks, uh, we appreciate. Uh, you guys listening, and we will see you next time here on Cold Eye Chronicles. Here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. There was gonna be a lot of bleeps if I did that. So, anyway, uh, enjoy these bloopers. I know I promised them last time, but I didn't deliver. So, enjoy the bloopers.
4: <laughs> oh, you're not gonna make the reference now that we're on the air. I'm gun shy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it looks like anal beads. Oh, <laughs> Do what? it. It looks like used anal beads. <laughs> what was that? Did you say it looks like...
4: Because that's all the people <laughs> are going to hear. It looks different. like beads that go...
0: Th- it looks like beads that go up your rectum.
1: Okay.
4: <laughs> How is that any less bad than what we said? <laughs> it's just more
2: instructional. I don't... <laughs>
4: there you go.
1: <laughs> okay,
4: as an,
0: as an aside, as, a, as, a, as an aside, Delilah is one of those that, um... If you ever listened to her nationally syndicated radio show, it's always like soft rock and it makes you want to slit your wrists.
4: (laughs) No one knows what you're talking about, Zach.
0: Oh, God. She's like this. She's this radio host
1: my sister used to listen to all the time. And it was just like, yeah,
0: like really sappy love songs. It's like, is your heart heavy tonight? Well, I'm going to play this song just for you. Have a good night, everybody.
4: My girlfriend left me. <laughs> oh god, would they take testimonials? Yes. So oh. she,
0: she'll be like, she'll take the call and she'll be like, so how can I help you tonight?
4: Well, my girlfriend is, like, sleeping with another man, but we're trying to work it out.
2: <laughs> Maybe you should you can
3: her from doing that. Zach <laughs> called them in the last year. I have not. <laughs>
4: Wait, so that show still exists? It still exists. So there's a chance I can get some Delilah audio and then splice it together with that phone call that Bill yes. Gibson made to his girlfriend? Oh, oh no.
1: <laughs>
4: How can I help you tonight? You're gonna blow me, bitch!
1: It's <laughs> like, whoa, hold on a
4: second. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, what did you say? I said I deserve to be blown before the jacuzzi! <laughs> um
0: the very last book of issue of of epic book number four actually is asm 70 which we'll cover in a few minutes but
1: uh, uh, uh,
4: asm 70 I just going back uh, that far did not on a rerun so wait wait we're gonna review we're gonna recap all of them and then review or are we gonna do um how do you guys want to do that what do you think is faster
2: Okay, it doesn't matter time-wise, you
4: have to spend the same amount of time, I'm just saying, for... I think listen- that, like, uh, like, I, 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 I agree with Gerard,
2: I, I, we could do it one by one, but, like, we might get bogged down in it, so we can just kind of brace the synopsis and then talk about it later. Alright.
1: Yeah.
2: Doesn't really matter. Your call, Zach. Nothing matters. <laughs> Zach? Zach? We never did hear, hear about Zach again that night. He disappeared. Oh, uh, I months. was on mute. I am so sorry. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> he's trying to call Delilah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, She's still be on, right? It's, but it's the weekend. And it only goes Monday to
1: Friday. Uh, anyway,
0: <clears throat> so we're going to Epic Book number five. Let's go ahead and just do all the recaps, and then we'll, we'll go through and we'll talk about each other. Captain. Cool. Alright. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, Sabi Sema, John Stanisi. Stanisi.
3: John Stanisi, excuse me. Peter. Norman Osborne is going through Ben's porn collection right now. looking <laughs> 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 the Italian section a la that book.
0: Here. Oh, God. The, uh, <laughs> I was the, I was listening to the San Diego Recap the other day, and it was like, oh, I forgot about the Mary Jane prose novel. That mentions.
4: Were there, there two of them?
0: Yeah, there was two of them, and, and like in the first one, like there's a, there's apparently Norman's into Italian porn.
2: How do you differentiate from Italian porn to like generic generic what? porn? I, well, they're speaking they're speaking
4: Italian. In it. Duh! Come on, stupid. I, they're I, I,
0: maybe maybe there's more um,
4: there's more growth than either regions. <laughs> you know you know it's sad. I could probably explain it, but I don't really want to. <laughs> 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 but you already explained what angle beads are in this episode, why stop now? Well, I know, I said what they were, I <laughs> didn't <and> explain it! <laughs> Zach's the one
2: that went all... Well, See, this I... Is the clean version of Star Chronicles as opposed to, like, the dirty version you heard earlier? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he,
3: this is a comic, comic sliding timeline, it was, only, it was only a few years ago, thanks to the magic of comic times, and so Chris Christie is, is governor of New Jersey as we uh, reach this <laughs> I right mean, now. Y- You want to talk about
4: sliding timescale? My brain exploded the other day, because I realized that it, according to the sliding timescale, Peter Parker became Spider-Man after 9-11. <laughs> 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 I'm not wrong, think about no, it!
3: No, <laughs> you're not. Not at all. And how was he there? <laughs>
4: I don't know. How was how was how did the Juggernaut knock down the World Trade Center at one point? <laughs> how was he? How was he? How it was already like, destroyed before any of this happened. Like so the Vietnam draft.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how from Spider-Man comics? How
3: how
4: is, how is Reed Richards a Korean war veteran?
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: oh, wait, so a few years and Magneto becomes completely implausible. oh like P.R.U. Is! <laughs> yeah, it's a in World War Two. <laughs> no, they... <laughs>
4: Dude, he would be in his 80s right now, dude. Bro. Really. Are there- are there- uh, serious question, are there any remaining Holocaust survivors? Yes. Yes, there Okay, bro.
2: the last one <laughs> recently passed away, but maybe, Yeah, uh, I, I- I could swear I read this the last came. one. my grandfather yeah. was
4: a he
3: died in December.
0: 70, and the recap
4: is done by Delphine. For the last goddamn time, it's an adjective of Spider-Man number 70. Did I amazing? Yes! Yes, this is one of those ones that I'm winging, so you're going to have to edit this one a bit. Which is like, so we, Gerard is like, he's creaming his pants right now. What an image. No, no, what, why would I be doing that talking to a bunch of dudes on Skype? <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> wouldn't be things? your
2: first time, but what a Gerard. Huh, huh,
4: huh. Oh, wow.
3: I believe in
1: America.
4: What? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening on this show anymore.
3: <laughs> really don't the wheels,
1: us.
4: the wheels, the wheels are falling off.
0: Right.
3: I believe in America, is the first line from The Godfather. Yeah, I know, but I don't remember. You know my memory is bad.
4: You didn't remember <laughs> what he ate for lunch yesterday. A burger? Oh my god. I really don't. <laughs> oh my god, what did I... Oh, I had two tarts. Okay. Right. Crisis, oh, for cri- <laughs>
0: crisis is a burger you don't have to mention. Now I'm trying to remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Uh... uh... Shit. I you, you ate
1: shit? Oh. <laughs> it could <laughs> I be, I don't remember. <laughs> I can smell your breath from here. Ah,
0: oh, continuing on, Gerard.
2: That's what noise <laughs> normally smells like. Anyway, oh. so, uh... Oh, I said it wrong.
4: Yeah. You were supposed to say, SCIENCE! Oh, yeah, I think Gerard, I, Gerard did <laughs> <you're> right.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah channel, channel your inner Dr. Insano. You can do it.
4: Yeah, remember kids, think back to a time when Spoonie didn't suck and he actually put out (laughs) videos. Instead of of scamming people on Patreon, (laughs) ranting on Twitter about politics. Anyway, um... Oh, do it like
3: James (laughs) Gandolfini! I can't do a Gandolfini impression.
4: Well, I can do a Gandolfini impression now. It sounds something like...
1: (laughs) You know, you know... (laughs) you (laughs) see? (laughs) <laughs> you getting that classy after the I night was oh, a I
0: don't want your help. If I had a gun I'd pop you myself. Do you have any idea how many friends of mine you helped put away? It's See,
4: Zach, not that's not a that's cheap, handle tweet your post. I, c- I can understand what you're saying. You need to mumble a little more. And then Ben was like,
1: No, 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 that was the only one. I do
4: Spasms again. He grabs his hand. Do not trap. And then he claps. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny.
1: laughs> that is funny. That is funny.
4: Stop asking, because I'm gonna explain.
1: <laughs> Please, just... just finish the damn reading. I did! Oh,
2: okay. Listen, like, like, during the wedding of Reed and Sue, nothing happens, right? Like, no villain or whatever? <laughs> oh no, of course not, everything goes smoothly. Well, uh, Marvel's told me that, like, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Marvel, Marvel's gives, like back.
2: gives, like, the most
4: inaccurate <laughs> representation and his... No, of course, every villain that existed actually attacked her. Because I was about
2: to say, like, like I, I have the wedding of, like... <laughs> <Isn't> the Mandarin there? <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not
4: kidding. Every villain that Fantastic
2: Four had ever faced, and some other ones even. I had the the wedding of Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, and literally like like the entire Marvel like world is there, like all the superheroes who were being printed at the time. And in the in like the kitchen is like the Circus of Crime trying try and like take over, and they're about like they're on the other side of the door waiting to be slaughtered by like the Marvel Universe. They are so completely <laughs> outnumbered. I'm like, the same thing happened with Fantastic Four, but like apparently like the Marvel Universe. I'm actually there. a little
3: bit surprised Ultron didn't show up to that. They had just been like, like a story before. <laughs>
2: oh, you mean I you don't mean the uh, Vendor's one? I, I had the epic. Uh, I have a, a Avengers collection. Like the first story in the collection chronologically is like Ultron and the creation of the Vision, and then it gets in, like that bullshit yellow jacket wedding story.
4: Oh, that story is awful. Where where Janet's Jan, like where they're like we gotta kill this guy. He just he just admitted he killed. uh... Ant Man. Like, like, Let me answer like, your you cup. I just kill
2: killed Ant Man. Well, we can't do yeah. anything about that,
4: can we? <laughs> no, no. They're they're like a legit. They're like we're gonna kill his ass. She's like you can't kill him
1: because I've agreed to marry him. And it's like what?
2: <laughs> and the next issue is like Captain America's like no, this can't possibly be happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great.
4: This is great panel where uh. There's a great panel where Yellow Jacket is, a uh, Like, li- 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 who's, who of course is Ant Man in disguise. <laughs> he, he's sitting there and he's like, they're like, well, what did you do to Ant Man? And he's blowing on his nails, like, you know, Pff, yeah. I polished him off. <laughs> like,
2: Ain't no thing. In those words, he's like, oh, I just killed him. He's like, what? I do like the retcon where like Hawkeye is like, like okay, everybody, let's go in the next room and say, like, who does Hank think he's fooling? We obviously know it's him in another costume. <laughs> oh my god, they did that record. That was, yeah, 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 because because he was let's face it, why wouldn't he recognize it? But like I thought that was funny went to a psychologist that
3: just just humor him. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Okay, we need a modern right. Right kind of Mike Murdoch. <sighs> oh my god. <laughs> no, no, alright,
0: we're we're way off the rails. Um so I'd ra- I'd
4: rather talk about old adventures and fantastic four issues than any of these
1: I, I actually like All right to- <laughs> yeah, I.
4: the kid's mom's toy started to attack her too. <laughs> oh my Spider-Man god. Spider Man, just switch to
2: the batteries run out and then you'll be fine. Oh my god. <laughs> His mom
4: also has a Woody and a Buzz. Oh, <laughs> but they're they're a little different. God. <laughs>
2: this is gonna be a freaking nightmare to edit, by the way. Yes, you so have to. That. Even I follow you and I hate your
4: guts.
1: <laughs>
0: I follow <you. laughs> Wow, that guy... <laughs> a the, the later it gets, the less I lie.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: After dark on Spider-Man podcast. All
0: right, and that will wrap up this episode of CSC. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Zach Joyner. On behalf of everybody on the show, I will uh, thank you for listening, and remember to listen to our other great programs, Mayday Mondays, and spectacular radio here on spidershude.com and the Spider Dude Radio Network. Also, all shows are available on iTunes. And uh, all the podcasts you just gotta search for them there. There, so leave us some feedback at the various places to leave feedback, and uh, we'll see you next time here on CSC. Well, it will be a solo effort by myself for the most part. There may be a little bit Donovan Grant in there where we'll we cover uh, Family Plot number one, a crossover between the Punisher and Spider-Man, and a which is two issues long. And then we have a four part story called Venom: Along Came a Spider. Yeah, that gem. So, we'll see you next time here on CSC, a part of the Spidey-Dash-Dude Radio
1: Network.